This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. All right, man. I'm letting y'all know right now the intro music going to be a little longer than normal, man. But rock with us. Check these lyrics out. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to This Week in Culture, episode 101. I had to set the mood for him, man. It's your host, Ann Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad Ann, a.k.a. the comment curator, a.k.a. a black man. And I got my dog with me, Jay. What up, though? What up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, man. I'm just I'm just Jay Johnson today, man. Hey, man, I ain't mad at it, dog. Black man's personified, man. And uh, for those who might ask me, what you just listened to was The Roots featuring Bilal on Tiny Desk. You can find that on YouTube or you can go to NPR's website. But I felt like the lyrics in, in the opening of Bilal's verse was so important. That's a song called It Ain't Fair. It's a cover. It's one of the best covers I've ever heard in my life. That entire Tiny Desk is crazy. Go check it out when you get a chance. But it set the tone for how we about to get you out of this pod, man, especially this first half. Uh before we get into all that, thank you to the listeners, thank you to the supporters, the uh, the reposters, the tweeters, anybody who watched Insecure last night who got something they want to discuss, get off their chest, or just want to participate in the conversation. I do have a great thread popping off on my Facebook page right now. While you over there, make sure you join This Weekend Culture uh, and join us on the Instagram and Twitter as well, man. How your week been going, bro? Uh, it is what it is, man. Yeah. It's one of the things where they say fine, good, yeah. and it just you know. I feel like with uh with everything that's been going on, it's it, been a frustrating week for me. It's it's been frustrating for all of us, man, and uh you know for various reasons. Like one thing I've learned about everything that we're dealing with outside, everything we're dealing with politically and socially, is your life still happening right around you dog and it's you know your real life is still gonna go on while every other thing going on outside is happening and it's it's starting to get difficult to navigate man it's starting to really become hard to know your left from your right man and that's become something that's 
you know, it, it can take its toll on his on a man's mental, man. So I want to tell all y'all out there, if y'all experiencing similar feelings, make sure you take a break from something. And I don't, I don't know if that needs to be a break from social media. If maybe it's somebody in your life that you might not need to talk to for a day or two just to reset. Um, if they causing you additional problems, any additional stress, talk to professional help if you feel like you need to, man. It's a lot of uh, virtual psychiatric services that are available right now that I think could be of use to a lot of us, myself included. But whatever it is, man, if it's a walk, if it's breathing, meditating, just make sure you're getting it done. Um, do your best to not try to turn to vices during this time, uh, whether it's alcohol, drugs or other man, don't don't become dependent on that sort of shit. Make sure your feelings getting out there, man. What's your addiction? Is it money? Is, is it, it girls? Uh, is it weed? Nigga. Because I've been afflicted, but, but not, not one, not two, two but, but all three, three nigga. Oh, yay. Uh, that's a whole nother pod. We we need to do a few different uh, pods on the Patreon, man. One of them is going to be on old yay. One of them needs to be Wesley Snipes appreciation. Because that nigga's a legend. Like, Wesley is a legend. And I'm like, to know where he started from the Beat It video... And know the heights that he ascended to. You know, so slept on Wesley movie dog. What's that? Disappearing acts. Fan, disappearing acts is the first month that I personally had HBO. And I thought, because that was an HBO original film. Yeah. I never cried in a movie since probably uh, before disappearing acts, probably. The Lion King. The Lion King. No, (laughs) real life. Like, real life. I think that had been like the gap. It was Lion King and then. 11, 12 years later with Disappearing Acts. If y'all haven't seen that, it's about the very heartfelt but very tumultuous relationship between Wesley Snipes and Sanaa Lathan uh, and their characters. I can't remember their names in the movie off top, but that movie was phenomenal, dog. Like, every time they played a Donny Hathaway song in that movie, it was a rap for me, like, emotionally, nigga. I was crying soon as I heard the record play, dog. Great movie, great movie. You know what, um, what would you say is your least favorite, Wesley? I'm going to Wong Fu off top. I've never watched that shit all the way through. Yeah, why, why should I? I'm going to Wong Fu. Um, and, and it's not it's not for what might feel like what it's some people... It's not a bad movie. I, I just didn't think it was a good movie. I, um, I just... I didn't. I didn't enjoy Wong it. Fu, for sure. Um, Favorite Wesley movie? No, though this wasn't like the worst movie. Yeah. I'm not that much of a fan of Money Train. Yo, I love Money Train. That was my shit. Yeah. I watched Money Money Train be on like Encore or one of them little random channels that you don't know you have till you go to it. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like bad. It yeah. was just like It was just there. It was stereotypical of the cop. The it was just like I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I rock with Money Train. I don't know why either. Like I don't have a good reason. Like if you was like, Why you fuck with Money Train? I have nothing for you, dog. But like I would just score everything in that shit mediocre. Yeah. No. Nah, I see it. Like no, the shit wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. everything was just like it was some mid. It was some mid. Yeah. Sometimes niggas smoke some mid, man. We're gonna get into that though, man. Again, Patreon, look for it. We doing a Kanye episode. We're doing a Wesley Snipes appreciation. We're getting into it. Um, and that was me and Jay trying to avoid the heaviness and trying to lead up into this shit. Um, but let's jump right into it, dog. Protests. They happening. They happening. Yeah. Over forty cities have now been in a, a part of some sort of protest they haven't all been riots and and violence and police interaction and all that but there have been protests in over 40 american cities 
protests in some other countries about this shit. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement ain't just bound to America. Like we we really out here with it. But uh, what's your thoughts, man? Just initial thoughts on everything going on in the world right now. Uh, Saturday literally went from like because they had been protesting in Minnesota since what like Thursday. Friday it got a little more violent in Minnesota, but then it was like Saturday the world turned up, dog. Friday night for, for Friday night for Minnesota, yeah. Um, and Saturday night, whew, that's when Atlanta lost it. Atlanta snapped, dog. They. I was kind of frustrated. So, um, like, I get Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I get it. Uh, there's some nuance in there too. Mm-hmm. I was kind of frustrated um, by some of the other cities, but then I was kind of like, I'm like riding that edge where it's like, man, like, like I just don't know. Cause yeah. sometimes, like, I'm an anarchist to yeah. an extent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want action, but then I don't want you to burn up and fuck up your own. The shit that you use. Yeah. Whether it's your quote unquote community or not, but like shit that you frequent and yeah. that you go to. Like I don't want like you to do that. Yeah. But then I and it's like, well, I'll be honest. If you're gonna do it, go all the way. Yeah. What I don't like the more frustrating is two things that frustrated me. Um the talk on social media, mm-hmm. Twitter, from folks um who have a different opinion than the masses like people are just being canceled or we're not fucking with you no more and ostracized um called coons because you said yo i'm not with y'all tearing up and looting and whatever and i'm cool with protests i'm cool with the violence to an extent too but like like some of the some some of it is not that some of it is you took an opportunity while others is fighting for causes and, and, and li- literally doing a civic duty by causing civil unrest. Yeah. Some of y'all took it as an opportunity to steal shit that y'all wanted. And, and then niggas online, like, why would you ever stand up? Why don't you can't take this? You can't do that. Like, listen, y'all fronting like y'all being violent. Cause we talked about, it's only two things that get shit done, money and violence. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to go the violent route, don't front like you being violent because you real tough against inanimate objects mm-hmm. and you are allowed to burn down a police station in yeah. Minneapolis and you are allowed to go into the and the, the Lenox Square Mall and, and fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Like you were allowed to do that. They The police didn't come. You know what I'm saying? But like the second the police come, you're not going to have that same energy. So don't get on. Don't don't chastise people for saying y'all like it's not it's not it's like some of y'all it's not real yeah because if you that fucking angry and you want to fuck them corporations whatever like fam that's not an attack on retail fam and that's exactly what i said on my facebook um i i understand again so when it comes to minnesota's yeah protests there's several things that got done in minnesota that it was like mm, i'm not judging them do y'all thing dog but once they burned down and set fire to that police station That's when my mind, a switch went off in my mind that that's going to be more of an impactful statement. Burning down that police station, burning down a government owned building will make more sense than 
taking all the dumbbells out of Planet Fitness. Man, I seen a nigga break in that bitch and get on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah, they literally was running. And that's where I'm like, y'all joking with it, y'all fronting with it. But it's like, yo, nah, when y'all go to niggas' houses and really throw that Molotov cocktail because that's the cop who didn't get arrested, some shit like that. Yeah. Now that's what I'm talking about. Like, make it impactful. Don't forget what you fighting for. And then overall, so they like, no, we tired of marching, we tired of this. This going to show them. What the fuck this going to show? That we know how to make Molotov cocktails. Like, fuck it. Let's run up in all the Targets, all the Walmarts, yeah. and destroy all that shit. Yeah. Right? Cool. Boom. It's done. Next Tuesday, is the cop not going to be racist no more? Yeah. Again. Like, are you, because, like, are you, are you ready? Because, like, y'all out there with rocks and pop mm-hmm. bottles, what is... I'm not trying to yeah, advocate. Yeah, nigga ain't trying to incite it. But where the straps at then? Like, cause you, you cause like, y'all got plenty of the straps. Like the for conversation us. that I see on social media, anybody saying, "Yo, why don't we, we kind of like re-strategize or do yeah. this?" Fuck that, y'all nigga. Anybody who ain't on this team, y'all on the other team. Like, fam, you're not on the team. You sitting on in the comfort of your couch, telling Typing other motherfuckers away. saying, "Yeah, anybody who not for this, we tired of marching." Yeah, me too. Here's my thing about marching though. A lot of niggas who saying they tired of marching, they never marched. They ain't been out there a day in their life. Because before the protests ever got violent, they were still just regular protesting. It's a lot of niggas out here who I ain't seen down at none of them. I ain't see him during Mike Brown protests. I ain't see him doing Trayvon protests. I ain't see him during Sandra Bland protests. I ain't see him during Alton Star- Sterling protests. Uh, Philando Castile. Like a lot of niggas is just telling you that they tired of protesting because they don't get shit done. But they never got out there and actually did it. And I don't really like that energy neither because you niggas is just talking to be talking. And it's like, I, I, I get it, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not like I'm not against it because yeah. like, I get I get fr- so frustrated. Like, yo, if this system is going to do this, then fuck the whole thing. Like, I get it. I'm, I'm with it to an extent. Cool, cool, cool. But like when you don't got no plan yeah. and you got young folks and I say young, like 22 to 27 years yeah. old yeah, yeah. around that age. Um, like y'all need to, we need to, this, we going to be the last, we, this generation not going to take, dog, listen, when has it ever been an idea to let the young, more inexperienced people lead? Yeah. That's not, this is not a good idea. And Cause y'all not, you don't, you don't got the experience, you don't got the wisdom and you don't got the foresight to move fuck four or five steps ahead, two steps ahead. Yeah. So with the Atlanta protests, it, it started out in the CNN building specifically, they were. Uh, trying to destroy the police station that's within the CNN building. Um, They have a precinct in that building. And when I initially heard that, I was a little conflicted, right? I'm like, on the one hand, yes, go in there and tear that motherfucking police station down. Nigga. On the other hand, I'm like, CNN has been the only, quote, media advocate that, I mean, it don't get no... You think it's a bunch of Republicans out there... Uh Oh, we I I got a whole nother plan to talk about that because I do think it's a lot of no, no no. So what I mean by that is like the type of person in your political affiliation that would uh-huh. be out there protesting against police brutality and doing all that shit. Yeah, like it's not the 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 niggas on the what's the right is the right the Democrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not. No, no, no. The left is is the the left is the Democrats. The right wing niggas is yeah. yeah. So it's not a bunch of niggas on the right out there. Yeah out there protesting with the folks right yeah so if cnn which is your democratic like i i i i, I get but i don't get it 
and and here was my thing, dog. When they when they burned down that police station in Minnesota, they started out in Atlanta at that police station within the CNN building. Um, and clearly, you know what? Maybe the fucking uh the hope was, yo, yeah, we ain't necessarily trying to fuck up CNN, but how quickly can this get covered if we did it at the CNN police station and any other? I get it. So I I kind of could understand that, but then I thought that the 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 protests and the the I guess the violence and the aggression of those protests would continue to go down to city hall, down to some banks, down to some government buildings, down to some more police precincts. I didn't think that it was going to take going to the mall, going to Icebox Jewelry, going to Lenox. They called the fucking National Guard to stop them from going to Lenox. They went across the street to Phipps and broke in a Gucci store. That's right. Just past the door when you walk into Phipps. Then they went to the Target that's across the street. Go and it was like p- police stations and, and courthouses. T- nigga. I'm cool. Do Dog, that. I would have loved because, again, that's going to be the shit that impacts them. Them racist ass cops, when they can't get up and go to work tomorrow because they fucking precinct burnt down, that has an impact on them. If you can't go to their house and because and, I ain't saying go to a nigga house and throw a fucking cocktail and I ain't saying don't. I just ain't saying no, do that. Like if you if you about yeah. to burn some shit up instead yeah. of you burning out all these fucking buildings and yeah. all this shit, no, burn down this individual his, who was who was responsible for this shit. Burn down his house. And yo, here's my thing: y'all was in front of him, but y'all didn't really want violence because yeah. the police was there. So don't front like you want violence, and that's how because you got two options: money yeah. or violence. If you are gonna pick one, then go all the way. And then on the money end, they went to fucking Wells Fargo, and all they did was bust out the fucking windows. They ain't even go up in there and take shit of value. And it was like, yo, they went to Icebox Jewelry, and the owner of Icebox Jewelry, an Arab dude, he came out and was like, "Fam, they took the display watch. All them is fake. All our shit is in safes because we've been broken into before. This ain't the first time this shit didn't happen. Icebox Jewelry sits on the corner of Peachtree and Piedmont in Atlanta." And that was like the start of them trying to rummage through Buckhead. Then they took it over to the shops of Buckhead, right? Shops of Buckhead is a luxury shopping, like an outdoor shopping area. Yeah. It's the Hermes store, and it's the Dior store, and it's the Monkler store, and it's Warby Parker, bunch of restaurants. But then they hit up... Like a lakeside. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then they hit up um a, a, a store that was occupied by two young women, two young black sisters who have their own business. Two young women who are... Close to people I know in Atlanta. I heard they took them everything. They out took there. every fam. They emptied it. It wasn't a mannequin left in that motherfucker, dog. Then they hit up fucking. They go downtown. They Cheesecake, left Buckhead. Yeah. They hit up Big Dave's cheesesteaks. I've been to Big Dave's, dog. That nigga, real dog. He put on for Atlanta more than a lot of niggas down there who I know who got their own shit. And he not down there fronting on some like yeah I'm for the the people. Like the nigga putting the video, fam. I didn't gave twenty bands during COVID and my restaurant ain't been open. Like come on, dog. And y'all busted out all his shit. And salute to um the the musician because he rap and sing. Russ, Russ gave him twenty k. Like Karen Civil set it up because Russ wanted to get in contact with the nigga, try to help him out so he could rebuild his shit. But it's just like dog, why y'all niggas start targeting our shit? And then when I started saying like this ain't a war on retail, people was hitting me. Yo, fuck them stores. We don't own none of that shit. But your sister worked there. Your cousin worked there. But like this, uh, but a man just got killed by the police. Take the fight to the police. That's my point. That's exactly my point. Like th- your people work in that same retail store. We don't Y'all black people American in this country. Shit. That's exactly what it is. Oh, dog. September 11th. Osama bin Laden. Let's bomb Blow Iraq. All the motherfucking Iraq. <laughs> and it's Fuck like Afghanistan. No, we go like what? Fam. Oh, shit. A group of terrorists got on a plane, ran that bitch into the motherfucking shit, ran the other one into the Pentagon. Or, oh, shit. It's great. Now every Arab in America is fucking terrible. I'm so glad during September 11th that I was 
smart enough to not be scared by the fact that Dearborn has the highest level uh, or highest population of Muslims in the country. Because it was people in Michigan who literally loaded up because they thought Dearborn was about to just go nuts. And I'm like, no, they was worried. Dog, that was literally one organization who was a terrorist organization. That wasn't Muslims. That was it was terrorists, my nigga. Don't don't put my tinfoil hat on because that was us. Well, that's the other part of it. That was we can get into the George Bush and fucking Bin Laden family relationships, nigga. If they want to, nigga, it's bigger than oil. It's bigger than the Texas Rangers. But my thing is like we got sidetracked really, really easy, really quickly, dog, and, and start fighting retail. Like I thought, yo, like this nigga. And again, dog, if y'all went and bombed the fucking police, let's just say. Y'all took all the metro area police departments and courthouses out. All the city hall buildings, all that type of shit. Y'all just went, cocktailed them up, set them on fire, arson, whatever. Y'all don't think that them cops not having a building to go to the next day will be a lot better than your fucking cousin and your brother and your sister and your aunt who work at Target not being able to go to work? Like, make it make sense, dog. I ain't, I'm never mad at the fight. I'm never mad at shit getting aggressive. Protesting got to stay peaceful if they not listening to the peace. But make your fight make sense. Fight, Don't be a bully and fight the wrong nigga to fight the nigga you could beat just because you could beat him. Beat up the nigga that's actually whooping your ass. You want to, like, how serious are you? Fam. Because don't do not do this shit halfway. If hey, because guess what? Revolt. All the niggas in Georgia, Ahmaud Arbery's killer was living about 40 minutes outside the city. And y'all ain't burned shit up there. Y'all ain't burned shit up there. Like, so you stayed in Atlanta. How yeah. is the relationship between the Atlanta Police Department and, and the citizens? Eh. As far as race relations Good not great And and here's why I say that On the Atlanta Police Department More than any city I've ever been in Fuck where I just lived More than any city I've ever been in There are more black cops Than I've ever seen anywhere Um, And in Atlanta Because it's the black mecca of the world right now And that's where all the black people live to see, you know how we folks talk about, man, we need more people who look like us policing our neighborhoods. In Atlanta, you really do have that. Um, and being a cop down there, it's not a bad job. I think they start out around like sixty-five k a year. We know, I know a nigga that's yeah, down there, a cop. Yeah, I, I know a couple cops down there myself. Um, I I was actually uh toward the end of my tenure there, I was up for a job um as a part of, or a member of the PR department for the APD. So I was able to learn and uh, talk to a lot of the niggas who work within the Atlanta police department. I actually was sitting at that table cause niggas were a part of my panel interview. So I bring all that up to say Atlanta has more black cops than you might anticipate, but this is when you start to learn that just cause they look like us don't mean they for us. Well, see, there's two different things though, yeah. right? It's like, there's always going to be a, uh, um, some level of discomfort between the people with authority and power and the rest of the people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, I thought we was upset with white cops killing black people and getting away with it. Yeah. Like, so Detroit, a lot of people say, yo, we don't, we don't really have that same type of issue mm -hmm. for the most part. Speaking in principle, not the rule. Um, they're like, well, what about Nia Jones and none of that? Like, we're not talking about there is never going to be an issue yeah, between yeah, yeah. citizens and police. and police. Yep. We're saying, are you being profiled and killed specifically because you black? Because yeah. I, do, I don't see yeah. black cops killing other anybody and getting away with it. Now, what I can say about Atlanta, and I've seen it with my own two eyes, but I also know about it just from uh, my, my time down there. The APD 
has a much better relationship with the people than some of the suburban Cobb police department. Cobb it. County, Clayton County is ridiculous. You don't want to get count, caught in Clayton County. So that's why I asked the question because yeah. I hear that often. Yeah, it's like, well, if you got a problem with the police, go to where you got the problem at and yeah. fuck they shit and that's, up. You can you can get to again, just like I said, Ahmad Arbery was killed 40, 45 minutes away from the city. Y'all can get to Cobb County, y'all can get to Clayton County, y'all can go to the fucking Fulton. Um, y'all can pretty much move around wherever you go and make this protest a lot more impactful with the shit you taking out. Because just making this shit about retail, somebody said, fuck them niggas, they got insurance, they'll be all right. They will. They are Target already announced, yo. Our stores that have been impacted by this shit, we have insurance. Employees will be paid for the next two weeks. Everybody's good. But they also said, just to be safe, we're going to close like 137 stores across the country just to be safe. So now niggas who wasn't even fucking uh, doing shit. I'm in a city where they ain't even burn my target. But now Target's so scared that you might. Now they closing. And I don't know when I'm going back to work now. God damn, nigga. Do, does this count as unemployment? Will they pay me for this time? Like, you just never know. And I want to make sure that we're, again, even here in Michigan, dog, we just had old boy from the little popcorn spot. I ain't going to blow that nigga up. But he was talking greasy. Go tear that motherfucker up, dog. Go tear that motherfucker up. Don't go downtown and tear up shit. And then now you done tore up, uh, Let's. I'm just throwing a name out there. Like Detroit is the new black, or you didn't tore up well, one was, of them type of they businesses. Was, they was they was standing in front of the Nike store waiting to fuck it they up. Was re- I seen the video of them people trying to stop it, but the police wouldn't allow hey. that shit. Like, and that's now shout out to Detroit because we haven't as of yet. It ain't went left. Fucked up yeah. no buildings. And it ain't bus- went left. You know, fucked up a couple police cars. Yeah, and shit like that. But like, I don't like younger folks. Uh, y'all talk, y'all calling Killer Mike a coon. Calling T.I. Coon because oh they don't care about the city. Uh, they just don't want to mess up their businesses. First off, I ain't never seen a nigga love his city more than Killer Mike. Fam. Period. Fam. Like I've I've like the question and the question somebody like that and whether you like T.I. or not, you can't tell me he don't love Atlanta. Fam. Uh, shout out to Layla Loren, aka Angela Valdez from Power. Um, she tweeted Killer Mike after. Shit was coming. People was calling him crazy, calling him a coon, calling him all this shit. She said, you've got, she added him and said, you've got true leadership in every fiber of your being. Because Killer Mike ain't just a fucking Atlanta nigga. Killer Mike has literally done everything that he could to put Atlanta as a po- in a positive light. No, he been trying to, he want people to move to Atlanta. Yeah. Like, so, back in the, well, the nation headquarters in Chicago, right? Yeah, My yeah, whole yeah. thing was like, yep. look. White folks don't like black folks. Black folks, you don't like white folks. Why don't y'all just move to one city and just get shit cracking in? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm cool with that. Like, Atlanta, they it's a lot of black people in Atlanta. A lot of They call it the, the Hollywood or the, or the black Hollywood, yeah, black Hollywood and all yeah. that stuff. So why would you destroy where all y'all shop at? Fam. That's the mall y'all go to. Y'all go to Linux. Y'all they was, literally, two weeks ago, y'all couldn't wait for Linux to reopen. Now y'all ready to destroy the motherfucker. A week ago, Detroit was in Linux. Yeah. Because y'all went down there for Memorial Day. Yep. Like, y'all, this is where y'all go. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that just because we go there, we can't fuck it up. Because if that's the, if that's what the the, the 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 plan is, fuck it. Yeah. We tearing this shit down, we gonna tear. But what is the plan? Yeah. Because it don't look like a plan. Yeah. But. Because I'm also with you. I'm not saying don't fuck it up. I'm saying fuck up shit that's going to impact the people who fucked us up. Because what's going on right now, 
is y'all out here agitating the police mm-hmm. and they're going to hate you more. Yeah. And now you're going to be in a worse situation. Yeah. Like, if we're ready to go, I'm going to jump in. But, like, don't do this, put my foot in, put my foot out, because y'all, y'all, like, come on, man. Again, if we going to agitate the police and piss them off so we can start this war, I'm with it. I'm with whatever. But let's go ahead and start it with a bang. Let's blow up the police station and not blow up the fucking uh, cheesesteak spot or breaking the cheesesteak spot. What I don't like is this, though. What's that? Um, Once you make a decision of what what you about to get into, I don't want to hear you crying about that shit. Yeah. Y'all told you Takashi, like, like, you started to be a blood, blah, blah, blah. You snitched. You shouldn't have got in. You knew what you was getting into. Yeah. Whatever. So yesterday they throw the curfew out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Eight o'clock curfew us. Y'all lined up, got in front of the police, and like, y'all, we ain't going nowhere. Y'all doing all y'all shit. Uh, deputy chief went down there, took a knee for y'all the whole nine yards, and then, like, y'all agitate, and they throw some tear gas, or they'll push you, or, or do some. Like once once y'all engage, they yeah. gonna engage back. Not yeah. that I not support that shit, but they engage back. You then can't get on social media and say, "Oh my God, look what they did to me, fam!" You in a fight now? Hey, like if I if I if I want to be down with a blood set or a crip set after I get jumped by the other, t- like I can't be like, "Yo, look what they did to me." And that's what I mean, cause you just said it, fam. You in a fight now, and now you mad that they not fighting fair. I'm mad because we start off trying to fight fair. Like, nigga, if we gonna get in a fight, let's fight. We get in a fight with niggas who we already know have a history of not fighting us fairly. Why are we coming in trying to knuckle up? We coming in with a fucking knife to a gunfight. Like, come on, bro. Hate to say it, man. You know who protested the right way? Who that? All the white folks that went up there to Lansing. Yeah. You know why they protested the right day? They went up there strapped. They they wasn't brandishing. They had no. their shit on there. Shit it's was di- on. I'm a, letting you know I'm with the shits. It's a different level of respect when everybody got y'all out there with bottles and rocks. Y'all y'all little y'all beating the shit out of people. Yeah. I, y'all know you seen the videos yep. of niggas getting beat. They on the, the timeline hard. Like dog, you create you creating like you literally are going to create more police brutality for somebody to get caught. Because here's my thing. When you go out there with the bottles and rocks or you go out there just thinking you might knuckle up with a cop or some shit like that and then they start busting them fucking rubber bullets at you and them bitches eat at your goddamn skin and rip your fucking hole in your head. Nigga, the fight is off top. Oh, and they don't just got rubber bullets. They got real ones. So why y'all niggas out there unprepared for that real bullet fight? Like I said often, we're not prepared for violence. Yeah, We just not. Like we're not, we're not. I get it. You frustrated, right? But you're not prepared for violence. Speaking of which, man, on this violence and nonviolence shit, I and it's funny because that might have been like a pod or two ago where I mentioned this. Um, but I'm sick of these more Mar- more Malcolm than Martin niggas. They going crazy. But uh, let me find some other shit because now I'm also sick of white folks and non African American and the black folks who doing this bullshit who are saying. Um, yo, Dr. King wouldn't have wanted this and Dr. King. I wish he was here to say that. Nigga, Bernice King, shout out to the to the goddess. She said on her Twitter, Don't act like everyone loved my father. He was assassinated. A 1967 poll reflected that he was one of the most hated men in America. Most hated. Many who quote him now and evoke him to deter justice today would likely hate and may already hate the authentic king. Hashtag MLK. Like she was literally fucking 
trying to tell you, dog, don't use my pop's name in vain like that. Don't use my pop's to now support black people being nonviolent because when he was nonviolent, you niggas killed him. Come on, bro. Like, come on. What is your purpose in life right now, man? Man, I've seen so many people get turned on this weekend, dog. Yeah. Niggas that y'all love and champion get turned on because they was like, yo, um, maybe we shouldn't burn down the shit that we use. Yeah. Not that shit we shouldn't fight back. Like if we if we're gonna make a decision to burn shit down, do you gotta do you have a plan in place to what you're gonna do instead of now? Yeah. So fuck it. We not we gonna burn down all the targets. We gonna burn down the fucking mall. Like now, what do we use in place of that? Yeah. It's a it's a speech from Killer Michael a couple years ago, and he was saying the same thing. Like nigga, do you can you hunt? Can you put some food on your table? Do you have a a way to do this to do that? Y'all, we we talked about trigger warning. Yeah, he tried to live black for what uh, two days, three days. Couldn't do it really. Yeah, like it ain't enough. Like don't destroy a system until you got something to replace. Well, I don't know, man. All yeah. I all I know is um, it's some it's some the 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 fight has been infiltrated by others. Yeah, and once you see that others have infiltrated the fight, then you step back and let the others stay out there and do their shit. Yeah, but if you allow if if you see them niggas have infiltrated the peaceful protest um and now they out there cops out there dressed as protesters fucking up shit breaking windows and everything all right well i'm not gonna give them an opportunity again to strive yeah. and give us a bad name or hell, they come they in detroit 85 people got arrested last night and more than half of them not from the city some of them not mm-hmm. even from the state from tennessee <laughs> from ohio all these white folks out here getting arrested. Like y'all don't even live here. Yeah. But y'all coming. There's one dude from here. He was like, listen, if y'all see this person, he posted their Facebook like this is my sister. Don't bail her out. She's so far, such Jeez. and such. She she a Trump supporter. She hate everything. She was at the marches in Atlanta or whatever. She down there trying to fuck shit up. Yeah. And y'all think that everybody that's down there breaking shit is for us and they're not. Yeah. Oh, it was it's it's been videos. Um, I just watched one earlier today. Uh, cat in Chicago, white dude. I'm like, yo, I live two blocks from the Chicago River. I took my dog out for a walk. He was like, I saw that a lot of the stuff in the area right around the river, a very prominent area downtown Chicago, um, was being vandalized. He was like, every single person I saw committing vandalism was a white person. They looked exactly like me. You got the video of the one cop in Minnesota who was going by the auto zone, just busting the windows out, getting this shit started. Keep an eye on these motherfuckers. Film these motherfuckers, because these is a lot of the niggas that's out here really starting this shit to get you into it. You peep John Jones? Yup. Yup. That nigga walked up niggas like, give me the can. Yeah. Give me the can. And you gave him the motherfucking can. What too. you gonna do with the, the the literally the baddest nigga on the planet? You're not fighting fucking <laughs> John Bones Jones. You just not. Um, but that he's known for that type of shit. John Bones, uh, John Jones been fucking. You remember it was a few years. I don't know, maybe ten years ago now, where he seen a lady get her purse snatched when he was out jogging, ran up and whooped dog ass like. So this this is my thing, right? Somehow you guys have confused the word gentrification for white folks. Because usually white people are the ones who do the gentrifying. Yeah. Gentrification is not race based. You can gentrify your own neighborhoods. Yeah. So I would rather take the shit back while it's still standing. Mm. I don't want it back after it's burnt down. Mm. I know. I mean, we live in the city. Um, I hear a lot of conversations about Dan Gilbert and how evil he is, and yeah. he's only fixing up downtown and midtown and everything like that. What about the neighborhoods? You're not fixing up the neighborhoods. The last time we had riots, guess where the riots was at? 
in the neighborhoods. neighborhoods. And that's 50 years ago, and they still ain't recovered yet. So, no, I do not want to burn down my home neighborhoods and shit that I go to. I want it back. I don't want it. I don't want it back when it's in shambles. I want it back up and standing. Yeah, scare these white motherfuckers from downtown. Don't burn downtown. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to move downtown and, like, see more of us. But, like, scare them from coming down there. I don't want y'all to eliminate downtown. the downtown. Like, that's just not, no. No, like, no, no, no. You no. can't have it both ways. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, All that said, y'all be safe. Um, Y'all, y'all be smart, man. If you out there protesting, if you out there rioting, if you out there getting violent, if you off... Just whatever you out there doing, man, whether your protests are online or offline, be smart, be safe, stay out the way. Um, Keep in mind, and I'm throwing this out there because we're going to jump into this in a second, too. COVID ain't necessarily go nowhere. We just don't know how it look right now. It's still out here just kind of deciding when it's going to be a thing again. So be smart, man. Don't don't put yourself in unnecessary danger if you don't have to be. Man. And also just recognize that people got different opinions than you. Facts. And just because they have a different opinion than you on how to cure the same thing. Y'all yeah. both want the same thing with two different ways to get it. Yeah. They're not no coon. You can't yeah. cancel everybody that don't think like you because but one day you didn't think like you. And your 24-year-old self in 10 years will not think like you yeah. right now i, I don't they, think like i was i thought 10 years ago and 10 years from now i'm not gonna think how i think right now so in addition to killer mike and ti again who really do own the majority of the west side of atlanta um they literally own like i i can't like give you the computed calculated number of how much property they own over there but it's a ton my nigga like it's a ton. When T.I. first came in the game, his first album, he was talking about New Finish. Yeah. When he was buying uh, dope houses that he used yeah. to trap in, turn them motherfuckers into quote-unquote luxury homes, and then rent them out at, a, in a, at an affordable rate so yeah. the people don't live in the fucking ghettos and traps no more. So check this out. Check this out. Because when I think of how much shit that T.I. and Killer Mike do own on the west side of Atlanta... Um, and a few things they own outside of the west side of Atlanta. But when I think about how much of the neighborhood that they grew up in that they done bought back, also think of Nipsey Hussle, right? <laughs> and I think of all the shit that niggas was telling me about Nipsey and bought a block and bought a and and we marathoning and we doing all that and he owned the whole strip and niggas was like mind blown when they found that out because a lot of niggas didn't know as much about what Nipsey was doing till after he passed, right? Y'all niggas wouldn't go down to that fucking strip and burn that motherfucker down. Y'all just wouldn't, dog. All the fucking um, unemployment money y'all niggas installed over the last two weeks, and I ain't none of y'all bought no block. Thousands. Everybody had to go Thousands. reapply because y'all niggas stole all the fucking money up. Thousands. Niggas is literally out here making thousands more than they might normally make, and they ain't bought a block yet. They have been buying fucking stolen Birkin bags, though, that came from the Atlanta Hermes store. Man, Facebook Marketplace I saw going online crazy. Niggas on a moving train opening up the fucking um the the shipping containers on man, a moving train man. tv's falling out like a nigga lose his life and y'all want a tv yeah at the end of the day nigga they stole the mall train like come on dog niggas literally took the mall train and put that bitch in the in the street and people sat in the motherfucker nigga in philly tried to get an atm machine on the bus yeah and was struggling trying to do this shit. See a nigga riding down the street in Philly with a, a washer and a dryer. Yeah. Like, fam, don't use that man death as an opportunity for you to steal. And then last night. Because you ain't for us. Last night, shout out to the homie Fee. Um, In the middle of the night, she texted a group chat 
that Oakland, California was going crazy with the protests. So I look at the picture she sent, came from Fox 2 out in Oakland. Reports of a tiger on the loose at the Oakland Zoo because protesters had <sighs> let open cages at the zoo. Since she tweeted that shit. Like, like, come on, dog. <laughs> like, they, let, they broke in the zoo to let the animals free. Dog. In the urban jungle? Like, come on, dog. Fem tigers outside of Texas, uh, they belong in Japan. <laughs> like, they, they don't, they was in the Amazon somewhere. Like, they, that's, tigers don't need to be uh, getting hyphy with it. I just don't want to be on Woodward and see a tiger walking down the street because y'all didn't open up the Detroit Zoo. Like, I'm just not ready for that. Um, you know that's a white motherfucker. It has to be. It has to be. I, I cannot see I can't imagine us doing no shit like going that. Going into... No, not happening. Because we scared the minute we get too close to the damn gate, man. So... Carol Baskins. Right. Hey, man. <laughs> um, What else we got, man? Your man Donald Trump out here trumping, doing what he do. Uh... He said, when they loot, we shoot, which was a quote, by the way. He was quoting, um, I ain't even getting into all that, but he was quoting. Uh, but he tried to clean it up. Oh, that, I ain't mean that. I just meant, you know, when, when there's violence, it's usually met with violence, and I don't want that. Nah, you kind of was inciting it. Um, and then. That's the truth, though, right? It it definitely is. It's 100% true. Like, I get it that we don't like it and because he Donald Trump and yeah. all that shit. But, like, no, when the looting start, the shooting does start. Like, yeah. that, that's the, like. But see, you, with him, here's why he don't get the benefit of the doubt to say, no, I wasn't trying to incite it. I was trying to say that this is going to become a bigger problem. You can't say it because then you follow that up telling all the governors in the world or in the country, you're mad at them because they're not fucking being aggressive enough with protesters. They're not being aggressive. He literally said, um, to do 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 governors need to dominate demonstrators. Fam, I don't think y'all un- this is this whole thing is fucking us up even worse. Is creating a worse relationship with the police because they gonna hate us, our black asses even more. Yeah. Also, the right don't like this shit. Yeah. They won't tell you nothing, but come November fourth or seventh, whatever the day is, dog, Republican leadership is getting in. Yeah. They don't want dr- fires in the street. Like so, I know a lot of people was like they mad at local officials for telling niggas to go out there and vote to to combat this. You gonna have to. Yeah. Um, we did get breaking news in relation to all of this and the reason why we're out or one of the many reasons why we're out there protesting the autopsy report for George Floyd. So it was, you know, um, it was confirmed that the man was killed. The autopsy says that George Floyd was killed by asphyxia due to neck and back compressions. Which one? And he died at the scene. Which one is this? This is the one that was done by an independent medical examiner who the the family hired. uh, Benjamin Crump released. Yeah. Yep. Um, And this independent medical examiner, Dr. Michael Baden, conducted the independent autopsy. HBO nigga. (laughs) Michael Baden. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I ain't even put that together. He said that George Floyd had no underlying medical condition that would contribute to his death. And after his independent autopsy, he says that when Floyd told police he couldn't breathe, the cops should have taken it seriously, period. He died from asphyxia to the neck and back. There were people all over the world. They made it a fucking uh, white people challenge on TikTok where they were all fucking kneeling on one another's neck to show hey in 30 seconds look i didn't die i can still talk no nah, kneel on that nigga with all your motherfucking pressure for nine minutes 
try to keep the person down. Yeah. While Handcuff them and kneel on their shit like you're trying to not let them get up. Not and, like you're trying to film a TikTok. And the rest of the, your, your your body weight need to be on them too because yeah. your, your lungs need to exp- expand and compress. But because he was on the ground... The other side of the 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 expand is on the yeah. it's not letting you. Yeah. Oh, and do that shit on cement, and have two other people holding their their legs down. Because if you saw, there was another angle of the video, and it shows that there are three cops on top of George Floyd. Yes, the one dude, uh, Derek Chauvin, had his knee in his neck and back, but the other two cops were holding his legs down. So while he was squirming, he couldn't get up and go nowhere. And his brother-in-law was looking was doing standing lookout. Yep. After y'all beat the nigga up in the car. Yeah, after y'all punched him and did all that shit, hit him with the batons and all that shit. And you, I don't know if you've seen the video, but you noticed that wasn't the, the EMS, the EMTs who came and picked him up. I ain't even peep. I don't think I watched the video that far. Who was that? It was police officers. Mm. They, the police officers came, put him on the stretcher. You didn't, you didn't pay attention to it? Yeah. Police officers came, put him on the stretcher, and took him away. Ain't no EMT get out that damn truck. And again, to the point of what uh, Michael Baden said in his report, George Floyd died at the scene, which I said last week. He died. Y'all literally watched that man on that video take his last breath. He didn't die at that hospital, dog. They did an uh, American gangster on him, I guess. Mm-hmm. They, oh. He was dead. They put him in a stretcher anyway yep. and wood him out yep. just to, to keep the crowd. Y'all tried to... Uh, uh, that shit is so fucking disheartening, dog, and it's so frustrating because it's like y'all niggas will literally cover up anything to make sure that a black life ends violently and and y'all don't care about it y'all don't like people been yo on some other shit whole nother note real quick and i'm not giving too much light to this but i want to tell niggas dog so did you see i'm sure you did because me and you be on the internet researching and, and getting tagged in a lot of this type shit that george floyd may have been involved in an adult film I saw the film. You saw the <laughs> Yo, all y'all niggas reposting that shit, all y'all niggas sending that shit out, all y'all niggas putting that... Like, y'all, I hate you motherfuckers, dog. Like, I don't give a fuck if George Floyd was in that bitch saying, hi, I'm George Floyd, and I'm finna do a flick. Nigga, why the fuck are y'all posting that? Like, what purpose do that serve in this moment, dog? Hey, man, I, I don't know. Are they trying to say that's like a negative or something? Nigga, I don't know what... Cause if, if 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 Mr. Marcus got choked out, I'm I'm riding, <laughs> and and that's my thing, dog. Like, like this nigga, but you know how this goes, right? You know when we get killed by the cops, when we get killed by one of these white devils, these supremacists, the narrative is how can we figure out ways to slander this man's character? It it becomes that because we got to figure out how to character bash before the trial. Once it goes to trial or it goes before a grand jury, whatever the case, we got to make sure that niggas already think his character is fucked up. So niggas been posting the porn shit. Niggas been posting, oh, this nigga used to rob people in Texas. This nigga moved to Minnesota so he could start a better life. Cause when he was in Texas, the nigga was a thug ass. And it's like, bro, dog, why are y'all promoting that? Thug or not, you can't kill me. Thug or not, you can't kill me. But why y'all promoting this shit when y'all know they trying to fucking character kill this nigga right now? Like, I don't it, it just niggas piss me off, man, with what we find entertaining. Like, it's a certain level of of decorum you gotta have right like if you gonna watch for instance jay just said i watched the video jane sent me that shit jane sent me that shit i ain't see that motherfucking video dog 
Like, and I didn't need to see it. And I would have been all right going the rest of my life not seeing it. But if that's something that you came across and you wanted to watch, do that shit on your own, man. Don't be a part of trying to fucking spread what could become additional slander on this man's name. Because that's all they looking for is for something to make his murder justifiable, bro. So y'all niggas be smart, man. Stop fighting. Everything ain't funny, dog. I, I, don't, I had to unfollow a lot of motherfuckers. And I ain't really the unfollow niggas, dude. But I had to unfollow a lot of motherfuckers because everything ain't funny, bro. And y'all niggas be laughing when it ain't fucking time to laugh, man. Calm your dumb ass down. Hype ass niggas. Anyway, what else going on in the culture? Um, Anonymous about to fuck shit up for Trump real quick. Man, I don't believe in Anonymous at all, dog. <laughs> I don't believe in them. Every couple months they come up, y'all niggas don't be doing a goddamn thing. They always say what they gonna do, and that shit never happened. They was like, oh, nigga, go hack um everybody, everybody fucking credit score. That's I'm still yo speaking of that so I made this point yesterday about protesters and I'm gonna get off this shit in a minute but you know how when every time it's a big hack oh Equifax got hacked oh uh Capital One got hacked whatever the hack is black folks specifically we always got a meme like y'all always hacking Equifax but y'all never hacked Sally Mae and clear my loans out da 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 so that's kind of the same thing with these fucking uh retail riots that niggas is doing like all right, every time we get a chance to go blow up some shit that actually matters, why y'all pick y'all niggas always at Target, y'all niggas always at the Walmart, y'all at Walgreens. Who the fuck riots and loots Walgreens? Oh, y'all want to go in there and steal some pills from the pharmacy and go slang that shit when you could have went down to that motherfucking courthouse to that police station and really burnt these motherfuckers down dog. for your man's for who? Because if, if you burn up the paperwork, your man's may get out. Man, man, I know y'all niggas wasn't going to none of these county jails. And running through them bitches and making sure you let your man out. You don't want actual violence. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So y'all niggas is just as bad as the hackers who won't go in and bump my credit score to an 820, nigga. Y'all just as bad as them. So fuck out of here. Anyway, uh, where we at on time? Huh? Oh, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful little segment right there. What else I got going on? We got a voice note from the homie. A uh, couple of them, actually. I downloaded these earlier today. Bring these up real quick, man. Shout out to Ant. Da, 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 da. What's today's date? All right, here we go. So this question is in regards to the employee, middle management, and leadership relationship. And Jay mentioned that you get chewed out at work sometime and you need to toughen up. And for the most part, I agree with you, but I will say that sometimes I feel as though the aggression is unnecessary to always convey the point. Like, I think people use aggression as a form of fear to scare employees that like take advantage and don't necessarily apply themselves the way that they should. And for me personally, I don't think it's necessary because I can only speak for myself, but people like me tend to like listen and take heed for the most part. But with that being said, how do you manage aggressive supervisors and coworkers during arguments and times of tension? And where does this aggression come from? And is this just the nature of management and leadership? And always shout out to y'all. 
That's our Blackberry letter today. Yes, sir. And that was a great fucking question, by the way. Yeah, for um, sure. So y'all already know how we start this shit around this time. When y'all hear that can crack, that mean your man back, man. And we appreciate you, bro. Um, So once you get into leadership, uh, leadership and life in general, but I use it as leadership because the first time I, I, I ran into it, uh, if you ever heard of DISC, D-I-S-C. Mm-hmm. Um, I am DISC certified, by the way. Um, you, you do a DISC assessment, and essentially you just you just notice that there's, in layman's terms, like four different personality types. Yeah. And neither one of these personality types are right or wrong. They just are what they are. And once you can identify the type of person that you're dealing with, it allows you to interact with them better because you mm-hmm. know their strengths, their weaknesses, how they communicate <laughs> Um, so that's it's not like a, a work thing, you know what I'm saying? So look, if you have a, a dominant personality, you got that dominant. Well, some people have a dominant personality at work and not home, because work is the only place they can flex their muscle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you just gotta to, to flex, and everybody leadership style is not the same. Um, different industries call for different things, you know what I'm saying? But like I don't like I thought like people online made a a big of a too big of a deal and just speaking for myself i'm only going to allow people to talk to me a certain way mm-hmm. so that's your individual like if you don't like how a person talk to you you address it with that person like yo mm. but, hey uh i get it i messed up here however the way that you just talked to me was unacceptable for, for me so moving forward like this is the kind of discussion we're gonna have mm-hmm. now whether you comfortable enough to say that with to your boss or not or if consequences come with that, I'm okay with that. But I'm not going to allow a person to talk to me any type of way yeah. just because that's who I am. And and uh, to piggyback off that, because you started out talking about this. So, again, I am uh, DISC certified, also BEST certified. Um, both of those are essentially the exact same type of test. They're uh, behavioral style assessments. So uh, with, with DISC, it's what dominance, influence, conscience, conscientiousness, and steadiness. Yep. Um, and I spelled that wrong. I spelled dicks. <laughs> Pause. Spelled <it> out. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, no, but with these type of behavioral assessments, one thing you can do, and especially during a time like this, um, or or anyone who might feel like, yo, I have a supervisor who's a bit aggressive. And at a time like this, I can't personally deal with that sort of shit. One thing I recommend to anyone, any group who I've administered a DISC or a BEST assessment to, suggest taking DISC or BEST assessments. Like, these don't cost that much for corporations. It's a part of a an available budget. I know that right now, companies' budgets maybe ain't great, but even if it's something... You may be able to find one online. Yeah, you, and that's exactly what I was about to say. You can find some versions of it. Uh, that will allow you to not only take the exams and the assessments, but then view the results. Because one thing that it's on supervisors to do is to understand their management style, but also the behavioral styles of their team. Because if you're a dominant personality and you're dealing with somebody who's a steady personality, you have to approach them and talk to them differently than if you were talking to another dominant personality. I think I've done a disassessment I don't know, maybe three, could be four times. Mm-hmm. Um, starting when I first got in leadership back in like 2008 through, I think I did one about a year, year and a half ago. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it changes and I got more to the middle. 
Yeah. As much as you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Before I would think I was like a high D. Yeah. Um, but I get more I think technically right now I'm a DC. Okay. Um, but it's like it's almost on that line yeah. and it's over. Like you get you learn how to flex styles, but it's a responsibility for the leader. Yep. And it's a responsibility for the for the, the employee. Subordinate, the employee, whatever because you want to call them. Yeah. Once you find out what your diss style is, it gives you information and tips on how to how you speak and convey yeah. to each other style. And once you find out what your uh, diss style is as the employee, it also gives you an idea on how you need to approach your manager because mm-hmm. they now you know their diss style as well. So you being a little more timid and laid back or you being just sort of the, and, and I hate using this term, but sort of the yes man and you just roll with the punches they may never see you the way that you really want to be seen because their style won't allow them to because you're not approaching them and talking to them Thanks. in a way that's impactful to their diss style. So if I'm a nigga that just do numbers and shit yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. like, yo, give me the facts. Don't sit here and talk to me all day about, yeah. yo, because I was running late because I don't care about the story. Hey. When you going to be here? Yep. You know Let me I'm know saying? when I can expect you so I can know how to move forward, nigga. Like, Somebody call in like, yo, I'm not going to be here today. I don't care why you're not going to. Not not that I don't care. But like, yeah. you don't got to give me a long explanation. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to be here today. You got time? Okay. See you tomorrow. Because you might be dealing with a manager who you go in there trying to explain a million details to and not knowing that they cut that off after the first two or three sentences. Because that don't work for them. Like, you got to go in there, hard facts, 30 seconds, elevator speech, get out. You about to get, you You sit here for five minutes. Talk. What do they want? They want they want yeah. me to give them X X X yeah. I'm not giving them X X X. Yeah. Or on the flip side of that, you might be a lot more aggressive than necessary going to CEO manager. You might deal with a manager who really give a fuck about people. Right now, I currently have a manager at work. She lives in Florida. Um, she gives a fuck about this team. She gives a fuck about my team. When all this COVID shit happened, one of our uh members of my team got furloughed. She literally did whatever she could to make sure that girl got a job back. Um, and, and when something opened up in a completely different division than anything we do, she asked old girl straight up, do you think you can do this? Because I'm about to push for you to, cause I don't want you out here on unemployment. I want you to be able to work right now if you want to work. And long story short, she got that girl, her job back, but she advocated for her to go do something she don't even have experience in. But if you're dealing with that type of manager who cares about the people who work for her or him. You can't go to them on some rah, rah, rah shit. You can't go to them on some, yo, dog, what the fuck is up with my check? Because that's going to be ineffective. Right. That's going to be ineffective, dog. So having those disc assessments and, and more importantly, just learning the behavioral styles of the people who you work with, including your management and your supervisors, that is going to be impactful during a time like this because they have to be able to understand what we're dealing with right now. I was telling Jay before we cut the mics on, um, I was kicking it with one of my best friends earlier today and he was upset because he's like, dog, I'm afraid to get on these conference calls today because I'm the only black person on this executive team. And I don't want to sit here and be the black representative. Right. I don't want to have to answer all the questions. And I know that I'm anticipating a smart comment. I know I'm anticipating some sarcasm about some shit that we ain't got no business being sarcastic about. I know something's coming that could set me off and I don't want to deal with it, dog. And it's just like during times like these, the only thing you can be, I don't give a fuck what your management's uh, or your supervisor's behavioral style is. The only thing you can be is honest. 
All of us are feeling differently about this shit right now. It might be stressful to everybody, but Jay's stress looks a lot different than my stress and vice versa. What's bothering me about all this shit compounded with what might be bothering me in my own personal life is going to look different from what's bothering Jay about this shit and his own personal life. So all you need to do with your supervisors, your coworkers, your managers is just let them know, yo, I don't have the capacity to deal with some of this type of shit. It's a lot going on in the world today. I'm sure you've seen it. Let them know what your capacity is at the top of your day, at the top of your week, before they start fucking asking you for shit that you don't really know how to give them right now, man. Because it's up to you. Just stay home. Or that. Because, like, if you if you can't work today, don't come to fucking work. Or that. Because I might get, like, listen, if you can't work, why you here? Yo. Not, I'm not mad, but, like, you came to work, so either work or go the fuck home. And if you got to go home and take a day today because all the shit that's going on, yeah. I'm okay with that. And here's another thing too, man. Um, stop being afraid of your personal days. Because a lot of us who are fortunate enough to still be working through this time right now, um, I've heard this because I work in HR. A lot of people are afraid to take time off right now because, yo, I, I'm still fortunate to have my job. I don't want to blow it. I don't want to look ungrateful. We've been working from home for damn near three months now. I don't want to look like I'm ungrateful or like I'm taking. No, nigga, take your time. Because if any of this shit, if 100,000 people died from COVID, I guarantee if you don't know one of them people personally, you know somebody who does. If shit like that is fucking with your mind enough that where it's distracting at work, you will have personal time. It's literally called personal time off. Utilize it. Because at the end of this year, guess what's going to happen? That shit ain't going to roll over. You ain't going to get this time back for most of us. Some if, people if, shit roll over. If your shit don't roll over, you better use that shit. Yeah, if your shit don't roll over, you better absolutely use it. But... Whether it rolls over or not, you ain't going to be able to get it back, man. Like, you going on an extended vacation in 2022 because you let your days roll over is not going to take away the fucking mental dis distress that you've been dealing with throughout COVID that led into, oh, by the way, there's a fucking race war going on outside, nigga. Yo, speaking of that shit, man, I know we in the middle of this shit, but trying to find the intro music. I got into a lot of different bags, man, and it was a joint that a lot of niggas might not have even heard. I know me and Jay know it because that's what we do, but this shit was also, like, really speaking to me, man. And I just want to play a little bit of it for y'all. Not, not too much, man. They say we in our... Double G-E-R, we are much more. Still, we choose to ignore the obvious. Man, this history don't acknowledge us. We were scholars long before colleges. They say we N-I-Double-G-E-R, we are much more. But still, we choose to ignore the obvious. We are the slave and the master. What you looking for? You the question and the answer. We trust no black leaders. Use the stove to heat us. Powdered eggs and government cheeses. The calendars with Martin, JFK, and Jesus. Gotta be fresh to go to school with fly sneakers. Schools with outdated books. We are the forgotten. Summer's cooling off by the fire hydrant. Yeah, I just wanted to play a little bit of that, man. That's, that's one of my favorite songs. And... Again, looking for music to start to pot off with. I was playing a lot of shit that was like, damn, it, it just captured that feeling, dog. Um, shout to Nas for that, by the way. That was on the uh, self-titled album. If y'all want to go get that or go check it out. I was also jamming. Untitled. 
Well, it was they ended up calling it Nas. Yeah, they ended up calling it Nas. Really? Because you remember it was supposed to be called Nigga. Nigga. Then they went to Untitled, and then they ended up calling it Nas by the time it released. So, uh, anyway, that ain't had nothing to do with nothing, man. Real quick, let's get into the funnies before we get into this insecure episode, yo. Oh, and Ant got another voice note, too. We're going to get into that in a second. <laughs> this nigga Virgil, dog, that $50 donation. Did you see that shit? I'm crying because now everybody putting this nigga face on a $50 bill. And it's one of the funniest fucking memes. Dog, look at this nigga. Why he posted, though, I wonder. That, so here's my thing. When celebrities donate to shit, it's always like I feel like no matter what a celebrity donates, they tend to always get like chewed out about the amount, right? Like a nigga donate a hundred K, did he donate a hundred K, Jay donate a hundred K to some shit. Niggas would be like, oh, that's all they donated was a hundred. That ain't shit to them. And it's a tax write off. And it's da da da. So I feel like celebrities can never win in that shit. And it's like, you don't know them people money, man. Don't count their pockets. And two of his businesses got destroyed. Yeah. And probably more to come, uh, to be honest. But with this case, he posted that he was a part of a group um, in Miami and they were all doing matching donations that the organ people who worked on whatever organization they were donating to. He said that they were all doing matching $50 donations. So him and his people all went along and did a matching 50. And that's what he posted about. He said he posted a larger donation later, but he posted about doing the matching donate. And he was like, people just neglected to read that. He said he was matching the donations of everybody in the group. Probably like it, stop counting these niggas pockets. And that's my thing. I'm always on the side of stop counting these niggas pockets, but I'm also on the side of, yo, Salute them niggas for doing matching donations. If you want to post about it, say I too will match y'all donations and then keep it. Keep it cool. Don't post the amount because you said you posted a larger amount and we didn't see that post. So you could have kept a 50 to yourself, dog. Like we ain't need to know about it publicly. Nigga, like I hate times like this, dog, yeah. because all these weak ass niggas um, are, are where is Kendrick Lamar? Where is J. Cole? Like, nigga, that's what their music is all about. Fam. I ain't seen nothing from them. Fuck out of here. Have you listened to any album? Because here's the thing, dog. I don't, I don't like niggas who just show up when shit gets hot. I like niggas who talk about this shit well before it actually goes into it, dog. Kendrick and uh, and J Cole been talking about this shit literally since their first albums, their first mixtapes. Now, niggas and J Cole was out there in North Carolina yesterday. I seen it. I literally saw it. It was him and Dennis Smith Jr. They was out in North Carolina living a motherfucking life in the protest, dog. They was masked up and trying to hold shit down, nigga. So it's like, what is y'all really mad at right now, man? I don't understand. Let's get into this other uh, other question from Ant real quick before we jump into the podcast. I got it right here. All right, so we just going to get straight into it with this one, man. Um, I like when questions start. Like, we going to get straight into it, nigga. That's my shit. So, Ant, you mentioned black people not being able to be themselves when you mentioned Gemini Man doing poorly at the box office and the critiques from black people about the Harriet movie, right? So I, that, I felt that in my soul a little bit because, you know, I just want to know why can't we really just express and be ourselves like we have to operate under this guise of what people deem as black, quote unquote. You feel me? So I don't know. I just feel like white people have the freedom to express and try and experiment different things within their culture and not necessarily get reprimanded about it, even come in black culture and sometimes experiment with that. And so 
I don't know. I feel like our people are really harsh on us sometimes. And I know we living in a critique culture, a cancel culture and a hold you accountable culture. But I feel as though if we keep critiquing everything and not allowing black people to really take the risk, we risk not having the opportunities to be afforded to come into other spaces that we deserve to be in, really. And I just want to know why black people can't be themselves. And also, when did you and Jay notice the overabundance of critiquing in black culture outside of social media, of course? Like, when did this critique culture of black people in creation started for real, for real? Alright, um, so let's let's start with the first part of that. Why do we think that black people are so hypercritical of one another and, and why we can't be ourselves? Um Matt all right. Generalizations. Okay. Uh we have an inferiority complex and we compare ourselves to the white standard so much. And we don't know who we are. Generalization again. And um so we we tear everything down. I um so when I brought that uh when I brought that point up, so I don't remember how many podcasts ago, but I was mentioning that there were several black movies that came out over the last couple of years, but specifically there was like a uh a few of them that came out in a cluster um it was don't let go which was a sci-fi mis- murder mystery thriller it was black and blue which was about a black woman police officer who witnessed uh, a murder from some of her fellow officers and was trying to get back to the precinct to turn niggas in and then it was 21 Bridges, which was also about shady cops. But again, it was a movie led by uh, T'Challa. You know what I'm saying? And he was out here and he was the lead detective on the shit. But what I what I was mentioning was that all three of those movies complete. These are not slave films. These are not white savior films. These are not movies where we're oppressed. These are not movies where we're downtrodden. These are not movies where we're because I know how a lot of black folks are. We're not portrayed as gay and we're not portrayed as uh, uh, effeminate men and all that shit that we be trying to find different. Oh, I don't go see Tyler Perry because he wearing a wig. Oh, I don't go see this because he doing that. Well, we wasn't none of that shit in these three movies and all three of those movies came out within about a a month span of one another and none of them performed well at the box office like don't let go was a five million dollar film that literally made four million dollars back at the box office man and this was widely released nobody went to see it so when i brought that up i mentioned queen and slim where slim said uh why do black people always have to be excellent why can't we just be ourselves fam I watch movies. This is what me and Jay do. We watch movies. We watch television shows. Nobody knows more than me and this nigga that white people put out movies left and right. And I guarantee you all them bitches ain't Oscar winners, dog. And they come out every week. Shit that you never heard of. Shit that you have never heard of. Me and this nigga. There's nothing in the box office. And it's like, but guess what? They keep rolling them out because sometimes 
It's just like filler episodes during a TV season. Sometimes, nigga, we ain't going for the Oscar. We ain't going for the Emmy. Sometimes we just throwing ideas out there that niggas just wanted to do. And somebody bought it. Somebody produced it. And we directed it and put it out there. But with black shit, it's like, fam, some shit can go straight to Netflix. And we still looking at it like this better be the best fucking movie ever. But then it's like, you don't know how to cater to the audience, right? Because, yo, we need to learn our history and we need to learn more about us. And they ain't teaching us shit in school. All right, cool. Well, let's do a movie on uh, Thurgood Marshall. Let's do a movie on uh, uh, the the women in NASA. I can't remember the name of the movie, but to Tyler or to Raji Henson joint. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's like, yo, we have all these historical context films that come out. But then when they come out, niggas are saying, man, I ain't even want to see that shit. I don't want to fucking keep seeing us, dog, back when we was going through shit and they was calling us niggas. And it's like, bro, well, how how people going to learn this historical context if we're admittedly saying they're not teaching in the school, people it ain't in books. But, like, like, niggas don't want to go to the movies to learn. <laughs> I know that. I yeah, mean, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I know that sound weird or whatever, but, like, People want to go to get entertained. You want to go to be entertained. I bet. Well, then niggas drop. Don't let go. Literally. Hold on. Matter of fact, I'm about to pull up the fucking synopsis for Don't Let Go. So I really need niggas to understand. One, it was just a good movie in general. But two. Two movies are slowly dying. Also a fact. Well, the box office is slowly dying. Yeah. Well, um, movies may be dying because like the younger the people get, they're not going to the movies. Oh, you're saying movies. So we saying the same thing. The movie yeah. theater. Yeah. Like. Or they may just be streaming the shit. Yeah, like yeah, they're not and buying. They, they watching off of... Uh, they watching it on a platform. So don't I mean, let no, go. Like a stolen platform. Yeah, well, that too. And niggas just pulling shit up on Flickster. They you pulling mean, shit up on whatever. 21-year-old such and such is not going to Apple iTunes and buying the movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that black people... What Jay say all the time, we're not a monolith, right? I'm about to say, like, there's no satisfying all of us. But I think as creatives, one thing you have to be mindful of is just figuring out your audience and catering to the people who want whatever it is that you produce and not giving a fuck about anything else. Mm -hmm. Because me and Jay come up here and we have a very targeted, very specific podcast about very specific TV shows and movies that we are interested in and that we think our audience is also interested in. If people don't rock with our podcast, it's because they're not our audience, dog. Everybody don't buy Tommy Hilfiger and Polo and and Tommy Bahama. And like all of these is different fucking audiences, dog. It's different consumers. You got to make sure you know the person consuming your product. And if you're worried about anyone outside of your consumer base, you're already starting off wrong. I'll be honest. I have no idea what the fuck's going on in the white community. I'm, I'm, I don't know what they yeah. like, and I don't yeah. know if when. Because why would you? Like when, when, when they drop a movie, I don't yeah. know the conversation that go on. Like, yo, that shit was trash because yeah. of we don't want another rom com. Like, I have no, I've, yeah. I, I have no idea, like what goes on in a community or the conversations that they have or the backlash they have. Because I don't go to. I don't go. I don't read the movie reviews on CNN. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's an entertainment section with movie reviews yeah. on CNN. I don't read that shit there. And see, that's that's exactly what I mean by black people are not a monolith. Because I read that type of shit. Not on I, CNN. Not on CNN. But I find my fucking. I'm I'm the very avid like. Mm, I just like to go read reviews. I like to get on Rotten Tomatoes and check that type shit out. That's my shit. But it's like yo. Every black person ain't me and Jay. Everybody does shit differently and they do it how they do it. That's why I'm saying you got to find your audience 
and make sure you're doing what they care about, dog. What you do also got to realize that your timeline is not indicative of real life. Facts. Because my timeline on Twitter and when I have a conversation with about people about certain things like, man, I'm looking online. They're like, I don't see that. Yeah. You may be on Instagram and your timeline on Instagram is totally different from mine. We follow different subsets of people where the 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 backlash or the lack thereof of a particular item, what you see and what you think everybody is talking about, yeah. that could just be the 14 people out of the 260 yeah. that you follow or whatever. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where like I wish I had like the answer other than someone's always going to have something negative to say. That's a fact. And he said, when did we start noticing, you know, that, that black people essentially are hypercritical of our own projects and our own work. I started noticing it. Shit. The minute I started caring about being a consumer, like I look around at my fellow consumers and I see what niggas are saying. I noticed it as soon as rappers start getting bros in movies. Mm. Mm. And it was like, why is this person in the movie? Because they yeah. can rap. Yeah. They're not a real actor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not even a good movie. Yeah. And I mean, we see we see the extension of that now, right? Conversations you and I have had plenty of times on and off this podcast with the uh, black European actors. Or not black European, black actors from London and black actors from the UK. Actors who have come from across the water and who are now getting these large, gigantic roles in films. Nigga, Queen and Slim, it was two British actors. That was a movie about two people from Ohio on the run through Florida and Louisiana, and both lead actors were British. And, like, I don't give a fuck because you produced a beautiful film. But it's people out here who look at that and they say, oh, was no American actor available? Fam, I need the best actor for the job. I need the actor who's going to get the point across. I ain't mad at a nigga from fucking London coming over here and getting a part if he killed that part, dog. If Stringer Bell was motherfucking anybody else, I don't think it would have been effective, but Idris killed that role. I'm not mad that Idris came over here and got a, quote, American role. Because here's the thing, dog. We still, when we make statements like that, we still thinking that shit is being played fair in America. That if Stringer Bell wouldn't have brought his black ass over here from London and snatched that role, another American actor would have got it. Really? Would he? Would he have? I don't know, bro. Because they easily could have been made. Eh, yeah, we'll get our role to some corny ass safe nigga. And it could have been like, yo, what the fuck? That actor that you hired from America ain't even believable, but he was somebody you thought was safe. No, nigga, we putting the best person in the role. And where they come from, I'm not tripping off that, man. So I started noticing this shit. I don't know, man. Early 20s, probably. I just started really getting into reading the op-eds and reading the criticisms and shit of, of film and TV shows that came out. And it was just like, dog, I don't see why we feel like everything that comes out needs to be a fucking home run, man. Some of this shit just needs to be entertaining. And entertainment is going to be subjective no matter what, man. What's entertaining to you might not be entertaining to me, and that's okay, but what you can't do is is say that we don't have original projects and we don't have films that aren't about slave. Oh, every time we do a movie, it's on slave. That ain't the case, man. Or the advertising budget is trash. Mm. And people just don't hear about it. And that's a big thing. And that's why it's on us. So I've always said that we get a lot more vocal about negative shit when it comes to black businesses and black films and black movies or TV shows. We get a lot more vocal about the negative responses 
than we do when it's like, yo, that shit was really good. Please get out there and go see that, man. If y'all got some money, even if you got to go see a matinee, man, please get out there and support this movie because I thought this shit was straight. But boy, let that shit be trash. We going to kill it on the internet. Nigga. And people always look at the trash reviews and what's our favorite shit to say? I'm glad you posted this. I definitely ain't going now. And it's like, damn, nigga. You see for yourself. You just kept somebody from seeing that shit who might actually have enjoyed it. Nigga, they not you, but your negative opinion influenced somebody. So we need to start making our positive opinions influence somebody. So shout out to Ant-Man. Shout out to Infinite Opinions Podcast, man. Shout out Talk Family. Let's get into this episode, dog. It's about that time. Easily the best episode of the season so far. Um, I'm starting right there with it. I think it was maybe one of the best episodes of the series. I, this episode was 100% top five dead or alive. This was top two and it's not two. Yeah. Like, it was that good, dog. Um, shout out to Natasha Rothwell, a.k.a. Kelly, who wrote this episode. She did her fucking thing. She was in her bag, dog. Every single line in this episode was impactful. Shout out to Jay Ellis and Issa Rae who read those lines and led this episode beautifully, dog. They did such a fucking great job. And I've I've always said, yo, Issa's a funny actor, but when like shit gets serious, I'm not always like the most believed. Like I, I don't always believe her in some of the more serious tones that she try to pull off. Nigga, go back to season one when Lawrence asked her if she cheated and she fucked that nigga and da da da. And then he storms out the, the apartment. And she falls down on the door, slides down, crying like Ghost and Angie Valdez. She ain't pull that off too well, dog. But it was season one. She was early in her fucking career. She pulled this shit off beautifully, dog. They killed this episode, man. This was flawless, bro. It was a great episode. It was flawless, man. We got a lot to unpack. Now, Elephant in the Room, I know we discussed prior to mm-hmm. that like we wasn't like interested in them getting back. So I think before the season started, I was like, I pro I approached I, I the question like, do they deserve to, to see the best versions of themselves? Mm-hmm. And then as we kind of got to it, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to see them together for TV purposes. Yeah, yeah. But like on some real shit, I hate to break it to y'all niggas, dog. But I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I'm a sucker for love, dog. I can't <laughs> lie. <laughs> I'm I'm a sucker for love ass nigga and like how you gonna tell them up like how you gonna tell my fucking they shit you shouldn't give me back with the love of your life <laughs> like no I don't wanna see that shit like this nigga jail rom com head ass nigga hey, hey how you man. gonna tell motherfucker not to not to not to reach out hey look y'all know me man uh Condola's biggest fan mainly just because I enjoyed the energy between uh her and Lawrence's characters and I just again just for, happy to see Lawrence moving on and 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 that's the thing but I thought he had moved on to somebody that was actually like good for him right like seemed like she was motivating him right at the top of that Thanksgiving episode he was telling her damn you really got your shit together you make me want to get up and really like focus on my shit so I was like I just like that for my dog man and then uh y'all know I had no interest in seeing him and Issa get back together but man this episode, if we never see any more of it, this episode's beautiful, dog. <laughs> like, it was beautifully. It so, was, oh man. Uh, the season as a whole yeah. feels like a noticeable upgrade all the way around. They got entirely new cameras. Their writing staff 
literally, and I, I'm going to say it, I said it a million times. Issa said, we took a year and a half off because I felt like I needed to let life happen to me again. Nigga, we ran them first three seasons back to back to back. And I looked up and it was just like, I don't have ideas. Nigga, I don't, nothing has happened but insecure in the last three years. Yeah. So ain't shit happened to me to start jogging my fucking idea bank. And, um, that year and a half off is proving worth it, dog. I they, appreciate it. They, they have come back with a bang, man. And I'm going to be the first to say I was wrong, nigga. They are fucking in their bag, dude. Like, it's just, this episode looked so beautiful, dog. Yeah, it did. It was really crazy, man. So let's start. At the end of last week, we saw Lawrence walking out the airport. And he was making a phone call and he asked somebody uh, if they was free to grab a drink. We had our ideas considering the preview for this week that it was probably Issa. Pretty much confirmed it, but it was a lot of shit going on in the episode that also looked like he could have been asking Condola if she wanted to meet up for drinks because he was bouncing back and forth on that phone. But we know there's the next season. Yes. Confirmed. They're writing it right now. Hmm. Yep. They've been getting on Skype writing calls and Issa. I even saw her do a um, I think it was when her and uh, Jay Ellis were on. You can in real life. You can wrap this whole shit up this season. They could if they wanted to, but they definitely have a season five. I am, after last night's episode, I am leaning more toward what you've been thinking is that season five will be the final season because it really does look like they aren't really super interested in like fully developing storylines of the other character. They want to bring this shit back together and close it out right, which ain't a bad thing. I just wanted them to go in a different direction. But um, yeah, Issa said they writing, they've been getting on Skype. She was like, it's kind of difficult doing writer's room via zoom and shit but she said we making it work because we confirmed (laughs) can't y'all niggas get no tests well shit cali open now i mean like they might not be zooming y'all rich also fucking test and then go into the fucking room. hey because the government paying the rich niggas to say they got it you know that so the episode started out with them meeting up for that drink that Lawrence called her about, man. He at the bar. He tried to pop a mint right quick. When the last time a nigga popped a mint? And uh, Issa walked into the bar. They they lock eyes. Hey, look, right before this fucking episode started, like, as soon as that part came on, I got a text like, yo, I hate this fucking episode. <laughs> I hate this fucking show. <laughs> I had, I had watched it. I was, I'm crying. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. I bust out laughing and shit. I'm like, all right, bet. Like, cause like, <laughs> I'm like, it's starting off with Issa. Like, it's starting yeah, off yeah. with them. I'm like, yeah. oh shit. All right, see what time is on. And that was it's kind of funny because um, you know, the, the two weeks ago we got the all Issa episode. Yeah. Last week we got the all Molly episode. Neither one was nearly as bad as people thought they would be. But this week, I did think we were going back to the full ensemble, right? And we was going to get a little bit of whatever Issa and Lawrence was doing. But nope. They carried this motherfucking a dog. A full Issa and Lawrence episode. Whoa. whoa. But and it looked like next week we getting that Issa Molly. Every scene was Issa and Lawrence. Yeah, they weren't in one scene separately until the end when she left the crib. Um, Nigga, this shit was great, dog. She walked into the bar and off top, soon as she saw he was sitting at the bar, she goes toward him and she tripped. This so Issa. And boy, when I started laughing, I thought to myself, dog, this finna be a great episode, nigga. Off top. Cause y'all went back to that comedy. We ain't had that comedic relief in a couple weeks. No. We we've had moments. We had George in the car. We had That whole episode was funny as fuck. The I, George episode. I thought Everything. George was funny. 
some of that shit felt like it was a little more dark comedy. I'll say like, cause it was like sad, like seeing her get played by that group of girls. Well, that part, it was like, but yeah. like all the jokes and everything yeah, up in there, the, yeah. the, the, the dick jokes, the like all that shit was just funny. Yeah. The, the, Molly's episode definitely leaned a little more toward dramatics um, than anything else. But boy, they came right out the gate with the humor on this one, dog. She walked in, she tripped. Lawrence tried to pop the mint. He choked. And then it was like, all right, let's get you a drink. After she got up off the floor, because she was laying there for a good minute, the way she was laying, nigga, if you ain't laugh at that, you ain't got no soul, dog, because I was crying. And he like, yo, let's get you a drink, man. And and off top, he ordered her a drink. Yo, let me get a Prosecco and whiskey. And I thought back to that, like, oh, that's what Daniel poured her when she used to stay with him. He poured her a Prosecco and whiskey, dog. I remember that. He had Jameson. It was during season three. Yeah. When she was staying at his crib, she came in. Or no, it was season two. Pardon me. Back when it was the episode where uh, he nutted in her eye. He made her a drink and shit. And he brought it over to her, Prosecco and whiskey. And uh, she was like, you remembered. So when Lawrence ordered that, I'm like, oh, we getting her drink. My nigga on some Billy D shit. And she was like, nah, that ain't even my drink no more, fam. She was like, I'm going to still drink it, though. <laughs> but now I do vodka and Prosecco. And I'm like, mm. She's trying to show this nigga I ain't the same girl off top. It's yeah. subtle, but that kind of was the theme of the whole episode, or at least that first half. We ain't the same person that one another remembers, dog. Like, you've been there, right? Where you've been apart from a woman and y'all get back together. And like, I gotta show you some shit. Like, I yeah. I upgrade a little bit. It's it's gotta, fun. And that was the bag Lawrence was in from the rip. Like, and again, I pointed out in the group. I said it last week at the end of the episode. Lawrence found a new barber. It ain't Nate, cause the nigga got the nice fucking signature fade with the bevel blade. The nigga came with his new jacket on this episode. Like, my nigga was ready to flex. Houndstooth. <laughs> that nigga definitely had the houndstooth on. He was on his fucking UK shit, nigga. My nigga is from Essex right now, dog. That, and that, not Essex County, nigga. He that, from Essex. That nigga was dressed like a woman's skirt. God damn it. God damn it. So uh, they get their drinks and shit, and they kind of chopping it up. And this nigga's in a woman's skirt. He did look like that fall. Uh, he had that fall Ralph Lauren 2020 lookbook look. Um, so Lawrence asked her off top, yo, man, how was that block party? And I was like, oh, we getting right to the shits. Cause I'm thinking, he's she, like, how's that block party? Cause I was in San Francisco. <laughs> yo, look, so look, that nigga literally said, yo, how was that block party? And I'm thinking she about to be like, yeah, it was great. Would have been nice if you was there. Lawrence ain't even let her take a breath to answer before he was like, cause I was in San Francisco. <laughs> that nigga got loud as shit and she was like oh San Fran that's what's up um he was like yeah I was interviewing out there I, I took a couple meetings nigga you know some light some light you know I just went out there to see what was up right Cerrone you know what I'm saying and she was like okay well the block party was cool man you know it was hard work but I did that shit and I was like yeah I like his energy right now Cause my nigga wants her to know I ain't miss your event for some bullshit, but also need you to know that I'm making moves. I want to leave Meridian and want to really go somewhere and do my tech shit. Yeah, then they, you know, they cop, they talking, catching up. She mentioned, uh, heard about you and Condola, and he yeah. was like, "Yeah, I want to talk about that shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lawrence was like, "Yo, you know, it's cool. Like, it is what it is." He was like, "Oh, I seen Molly in the airport. Um, she really loved Full House." 
then that nigga say, yeah, it was kind of awkward. And Issa was like, probably because we don't fuck with each other no more. Like, we're not friends no more. <laughs> Laura's brushed that shit off. She like, nah, we don't communicate anymore. And that nigga was like, damn, word. Because, again, that first half of this episode was all a reminder that I ain't the same person you left. When when Lawrence left Issa, she was on the bouch outside that they had on the curb crying on Molly's lap. Now she don't fuck with her, dog. We a whole different person this time around, man. So they kind of learning about one another. Lawrence is giving her um, the opportunity to talk about the block party and sort of what she wants to do moving forward. And she was like, you know, I... Now that it's done, like maybe I do smaller events that focus on black owned businesses or maybe I do something else. But she like, I'm really trying to figure out a way to get paid. So that was a conversation a little bit later, though, mm. when they was walking around. Mm. So um, they were trying to talk, but they couldn't. You ever been in? Because it was loud than a month. Because they was at the bar bar. This like, wasn't a restaurant. You ever right? went to the bar or the restaurant, the bar, and then the bar turns into the club? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, what's that? 220 Merrill in Birmingham, nigga, on a Thursday night. Or you been, remember back when South was popping? South was, oh, you be in there having a good time and then they and start next moving. Thing you know, it's Miami. I'm like, shit. Uh, and they asking you if y'all don't mind going over here right now because we about to move this whole couch. Or, um, what was the other spot in Birmingham that used to be there all the time? Um, it was like damn near next door to South. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but I know it was like and the damn, Lions always used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lion used to be a blue something or ah, I can't remember. But I know what you're talking about though. Like, but it was that same sort of thing. Like at a certain point, we not in here eating and drinking no more. Like this bitch turned Chin Chow, up. maybe? I cannot remember the name of that bitch, dog. I think it but might have been Chin Chow. The the environment wasn't really privy to what Lawrence was trying to talk about, man. He had told Issa he wanted to meet up and have a convo. And he can't really get them bars off right now. So he like, yo, man, it's a, they got Lizzo blasting. Lizzo is the loudest song in American history, nigga. When that shit came on the TV. But you notice when that song came on, though. Like, um, <laughs> so after he essentially was like, he talked about, like, you know, going to San Francisco, keeping yeah, yeah. the options out and, and doing, having meetings. Then it was like, why me and great? When, when they, they gotta, gotta be, be or till they gotta yeah. be. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, now you want to be a, a great fucking man with all the fucking opportunities and shit when it's, yeah. when we over. I'm like, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting placement of that song. Uh, so apparently there had been a Lizzo concert or some shit in the area and motherfuckers was filling up the bar post-concert. So Lawrence is like, Yo, man, we finish these drinks. You want to get out of here, go somewhere else? We can have a, a conversation. And um, she like, cool. So the bartender comp the shit. He like, yo, the manager said, these is on us since you busted your ass earlier. <laughs> and uh, they go outside and they waiting on the lift. And this is when Lawrence start really flexing again. He had already flexed to, yo, I was in San Fran during your little block party. My bad, my bad. They go outside, that nigga called the lift up. First, he hit her with the joke. She was like, you want to call the lift or should I? He was like, I got it. And he called her. <laughs> and I was like, that was funny off top because I like the energy, dog. Yeah. Um, but then he called the lift or the Uber Black. And the Cadillac pulled up. And Issa's like, oh, shit, I see you. Like, you called the Black? And that nigga was like, yeah, I, you ain't the only one that changed, nigga. Like, I got my money up. I got my money right. Mine right. Nigga, ready for war, nigga. 
Lawrence Bleak, nigga, he was ready, dog. I can't front, man. I was smiling through most of this fucking episode, dog. Yeah. Like, I, it some, was kind of hard not to, man. some cheese and shit. Like, oh, look at these niggas. I've been there before. It was kind of hard not to because it was it was a charming episode, right? Like, and if you really want to be a hundred, something I thought when I was rewatching it, we've never seen them on like date. this. We've never seen them where, like, yeah, we know we that they had on a date. They had that moment season two when he came to get his mail and they fucked real quick on the couch and he nutted in her and she somehow didn't end up pregnant. But we've never seen them in the height of their relationship. Like, there were moments toward the end of season one before he found out about Daniel where it seemed like, oh, maybe this is them at their best. But it wasn't because she was harboring this secret and he was still trying to get his job shit together. So this was fun. This kind of made you look at them and say, man, I get why she wanted this so much, even though she had cheated. I get why he wanted this so much, even though he was dealing with depression when he couldn't find a job and and had, you know, gotten laid off and all that shit. So they get in the, um, in the Uber. And they headed to the restaurant. Now, the restaurant they're going to is somewhere that when they used to be together, she used to always mention wanting to go to. It's a little spot, little uh, Mexican joint downtown L.A. So they headed there and they get in the Uber and they Uber driver is hilarious. I was trying to see who the actress was because she had a voice that sounded familiar, but I couldn't make out if she was somebody that we know, know, or if she was somebody black famous or whatever. But she was kind of talking to them. Even though Issa requested a, yeah, they requested a quiet ride, but she was very much not quiet. She was asking them if, if, if is this y'all first date? Is this y'all first? Lawrence like, nah, this ain't our first date. He was like, oh, so y'all been together a while? Black love, huh? And she like, oh, that's good. Well, what you waiting on? Well, I bought the ring. He was like, well, I bought a ring. (laughs) And Issa kind of gave him that look, like. Wait, nigga, you what? Because Issa thought he might have been playing it up a little bit for the driver just because he was on some jokey shit. But um, she, like, literally was like, well, nigga, time is of the essence. Ass now, nigga. Like, and <laughs> flipped a flashlight on him. And she, it was just a funny scene, dog. Yeah. Then they got to the Mexican restaurant. And uh, they waiting at the bar while they wait on their table or whatever. And the convo comes up again. Issa's like, what did you want to talk to me about? And Lawrence is kind of, he hesitates a bit because he wants to be sitting down at the dinner yeah. table. And then she's like, oh, shit, you kind of scare me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, one of the scariest things in the history of a relationship, at least from a man's point of view, you, is we need to talk. Yeah. Because there are so many things on earth to talk about. Then you, know, you know what I mean? Every time I get that, let's talk or... It's it's a it's, it's always it's never good. <laughs> it's never good, dog. It's never good, nigga. I get in trouble, but fuck it. I got hit one of them Saturday, and the, the nigga heart palpitations, like dog. I was like, ah, uh, and I knew what we had to talk about, but it's just you know that that shit just it's just rough because you never know what you're walking into, and I I assume how many how many uh we need to talks or less talk have have on the. At a percentage scale, how many of those percentage wise have been a good conversation? Oh, I would say that percentage is somewhere in the five. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a we talk, digit, hey dog. nigga, you ever been to five below? <laughs> you ever shopped at five below, nigga? Over <laughs> like, under, <laughs> <laughs> over under five for that percentage, nigga. You like, ever shopped at the Gap, nigga? Like no, dog. Shout out to all y'all who've ever wanted to, cause y'all listen. Uh, hey, ever man. wanted to have a talk with me? 
Shit didn't work out. Yo, did y'all catch Jake? Cause y'all listen. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to all y'all who wanted to talk. Cause y'all listen. That nigga said that shit smooth as that. Yeah, shout out to everybody that wanted to have a talk. Cause y'all listen. Uh, I know y'all funny. do. Y'all support me still. Even, <laughs> even though when you wanted to talk, that shit ain't go right. I said the wrong thing. <laughs> and I ended up in more trouble after the talk uh, than I was leading shit. up to it. That's shout funny. out to you. <laughs> But um, so they, they go to the table to talk now. Oh, while they were standing at the bar, Lawrence was like, "Man, you know, I'm really excited to try this place." Da 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 da. You remember you used to send me the menu, like pictures of the annotated. menu, annotated, yeah, yeah, annotated screenshots of the menu just to fucking tell me what you wanted to try. And she kind of made that look like, "Uh, nigga, I done been here a bunch of times." Yeah, you been here. Huh? He was like, "You've been to this restaurant before, huh?" And she was like, "Yeah, a couple times, nigga." And he was like, "So you came on a on a date?" <laughs> and she was like, I mean, yeah, but it wasn't serious. Like, and relax. Like, and that nigga was like, no tiptoeing tonight. And this, so this was like the the scene in the bar prior when it opened up was the reintroduction, right? Them going to dinner was when the tone was set for the rest of the night. No eggshells. He said, no tiptoe shit tonight. We not walking on eggshells tonight. Like he said, we know each other too well to walk on eggshells. And that be the thing, because you'd be like, no, we didn't know each other for all this time, but you'd be kind of like, we're like, come on, fam, we you didn't timid. know each other. You like, timid, and y'all, y'all have been as intimate as true humans can be, fact. but yet you're still timid about having what could be when you difficult get, when you get back with your girl or some shit, and like, she want to change clothes and like go another, like, girl, I didn't <laughs> I'm sitting you back here 27,000 times. Girl, you know what kind of shit I done did to you? Now you want to fucking turn your back when you trying to take it close? You be like, girl, I seen your butthole. <laughs> like, girl, now you can't stand here and be naked for two seconds while you put it. Okay. What, but that's just women. I don't know. Shot your club up. What you doing? Fam, I, I nutted in you. <laughs> on you, in you, on you. Like, what the fuck you talking about? Like, I, I nutted on your bed and we slept in it that <laughs> night. And then we went to Target and bought new sheets. What are you talking about? Oh, no, shit. but it's definitely wild because when you, it's like that level of anxiety and that level of nervousness when you reconnect with somebody old, no matter how deep that relationship was, it's like that just exists. And it exists between the both of y'all. But what I could appreciate about Lawrence in this episode it existed, but he was very much so like, even during moments where he looked awkward or like taken back by the openness, he was like trying to lead this shit. Like, you know what? Fuck my feelings, nigga. Like, I just want us to be fully open with one another because when you think about getting back with somebody, right? You're not together because something happened. If y'all decide that maybe getting back together or even if it's just to give one another closure, whatever the fuck, if y'all decide to do that and to have that convo, why would you not be completely open considering that you're not losing them? They're already gone. They not. She not your girl no more, Lawrence. So I felt his energy because it was like, fam, we might as well be straight up. Cause what you going to do? Not talk to me some more? <laughs> right. What you going to do? Cheat on me from afar? You going to cheat on me not as my girl? Oh, I can't believe it. Like, fam, no, we've moved... I just had another girlfriend a month ago or two months ago. Like, so they at the table and um, waiter come and they about to order, and uh, Issa. Yeah, she took charge. Orders. Now, what you think was going on? Because it's not like she ordered a lot of fucking food. She did order a lot of food. Um, and this, so I had a few thoughts about this part. One, I took it as maybe when they used to be together, Lawrence was like the indecisive nigga at the restaurant. Like, I don't, because she literally took the reins, like. Old girl came up like, oh, I can explain the specials. And Issa was like, nah, I know the specials. Let us get a 
Boom, boom, because Lawrence had just asked her what was a squash flower or yeah. some shit. And she was like, nigga, nah, I got all this. We getting the crispy squash flowers, the prawns. We getting a ribeye. We going to split for the table. We going to get the fucking fish. We, she was ordered. This, and this was a Mexican restaurant. And it was a Mexican joint. Allegedly. Because <laughs> niggas that order one taco. <laughs> it was not one Mexican. It was not nothing in that. Nothing about that place said Mexican at all. I said, y'all ain't got no uh, chalupas, gorditas. Nigga ain't bringing no nachos. I ain't nothing. seen no refried beans. There was nothing about that place that said not the taco. Nigga, yeah. I didn't I, know it was a Mexican place till you said it on this pod. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> and they said it on the, when they was waiting on the lift. And I was like, uh, that ain't feel Mexican. Maybe nice Mexican restaurants have I, ribeyes and shit. Clearly, uh, when I went to L.A., I did not go down that street. No, you weren't. You weren't <laughs> over there. You weren't downtown, nigga. Yeah. So, she ordered a whole gamut of food, and then I was like, "All right, that's a lot of food." I'm like, you trying to run it up on a nigga? Because because I was thinking like maybe she kind of caught on that. Hey, I'm doing I for myself. I got us to Uber Black. I've been out here having meetings. He went from calling them. I went on interviews to yeah. I took a couple meetings. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe she like. Oh, he in his bag. I'm about to run a checkup. And then I'm trying to gauge his face because he was kind of looking like, yeah. was the face because it cost too much or was the face because like you took charge and I'm kind of like in awe? After a few watches, I took it as you took charge and I kind of liked, I missed that. Because I could also, just from the, the few episodes we saw him and Condola together and what we learned about Condola's personality, if Lawrence is the type of nigga who can't make a decision, I could see him and Condola doing the what looks good on the menu thing for like 10 minutes, nigga. And Issa was like, let's get right to the shit, Stark. I've been here before. I know what's good. I got you. I'm so basic. Um, as in, like, I like what I like. I'm not going to look at this menu all day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no yeah. matter where I'm going, I'm getting one of three things in every fucking place I yeah. go. Like, I just know what I will, and I just stick to that shit. Has a girl ever ordered your food for you? Yes. I don't know that a girl's like when me and my girl go out. She will like after I order, she'll be like, "I knew you was gonna order it because she know the type of food I eat." Like, and I'm a very like wide range of nigga, but she know where I'm going. Nigga. It's very easy to order for me though. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you pick one of these, like, <laughs> like it's, that's not like an accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now nah, you might uh, like it's not that fucking difficult. <laughs> that's funny as fuck, dog. So. They order all this food, um, and EC even threw the drinks in there. Let me get a vodka and prosecco, and also let me get a whiskey neat for him. Bullet, and I said, "Oh shit, he's ordering for me." Yeah, and then when he said that, cause he kind of smiled. Like, okay, yeah. he's not angry. He like, okay. When she ordered the drinks, I also think, cause I still don't know what ordering all that food meant, or if it meant anything at all. Could be small plates. Could have been, but when she ordered, and she had been there, so she knew that. But when she ordered them drinks, I think her energy changed into, nigga, I still know you. I know some shit didn't change, but I know it didn't. Let me order your drink. Because when she said, let me get a whiskey neat, I'm like, man, please, any nigga drink a whiskey neat. But when she said bullet, I was like, mm, I drink whiskey neats all day, but bullet is my favorite whiskey. Or one of them. Like, So it was like, oh, okay, this is her play on some... I know you, nigga, and I, I remember how we got down. So she like again, nigga. Let me ask you, you. Call me here. Again. What did you want to talk about, Lawrence? While we wait on our food, which didn't take long to come out, by the way, nigga. Shout out to that restaurant. She was like, "What did you want to talk about?" So Lawrence kind of smirked at first, like, "Man, you know, I just I thought it was a good time for us to." 
I've been thinking about you, nigga. When he got into that, I've been thinking about you, you've been on my mind bag, I was like, ooh, he about to he about to say it. I didn't know if he was going to go all the way. So let me say this, though. <clears throat> Um, old girl named Natasha Rothwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, her pin game is really good. It's strong as hell. Dog. Um, it was really good. Um, and I think there was a there was a difference around the same time, right? Um, her pin game was really good, and I don't know if you noticed that when they start having a conversation, the music died down. Mm. And you could not hear the you couldn't hear the background music anymore, mm. and like the the noise of the restaurant and whatever was playing on, and you just heard their voices, and you heard the dialogue, and they were going back and forth, and the way that they just sat in those moments, yeah, and made the audience feel the emotion, yeah, like it. This was an excellent directing job, yeah, and writing job, and writing job, but it was also and like acting. I pointed to, it was an excellent acting job because they pulled these scenes off, right. Um, Lawrence was basically telling Issa, yo, I've been thinking about what would life be like if we hadn't broke up? And that's a natural thought with an ex, right? Especially someone who you were with long term. Like, yo, what would life be like if we hadn't broken up? But then he got a little deeper into it. He said, uh, you know, I started thinking, do I have a tendency to give up on things too quickly? Yeah. And I stopped right there. I actually had to pause this. I, I watched the episode this morning. Um, I had to pause it right there because I and it's funny because my girl, when she watched it last night, uh, she told me I'm excited to get to hear your thoughts on this episode because it was really good. But that was one of the first parts of this episode that I was like, oh, that that's me. I've, I've, I've been and a lot of guys have been that, but I could directly relate to I give up on things too quickly. Um, And going into the the whole linking back with your ex and trying to see if it's still a spark and da 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 da. I've been in a relationship where not my current one, obviously, but I've been in a relationship where I allowed myself to be mistreated <laughs> and to be talked to crazy. And I allowed a lot of bullshit Same. because in my past I had given up so quickly mm. that I started to think, yo, this is the thing. I'm really, I, I'm really commitment phobic. I'm really, I really got issues with commitment and I don't know how to do it. So now I didn't found this girl that I'm like, I click with and I like, and she clearly likes me. So fuck it. It don't matter what she do. Okay. I'm going to be a down ass nigga. And I let bullshit happen, bro. So I was like the opposite, right? Mm. Where I was in that relationship mm -hmm. that she was going for X amount of years, whatever, yeah, yeah. and stay. So then, then when we find it was over, I was like, dog, if I'd have left a long fucking time ago, I could have been, you know what I'm saying? Like I should have yep. left sooner, right? Yeah. So then it was like, well, damn, who the fuck gonna go? Well, we out and about. Who gonna order my food? Yeah. If we had a such and such, who gonna go fix my plate and know all the food I like and I don't like and how shit? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dog, that shit may not happen. So you mm -hmm. stay in a long a relationship longer. So after that, I was like. Well, I'm not really doing that no more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, Them days is over. Okay, we're not even in a relationship. Actually, we just, mm. which is why I think I only have a, a, a small number of quote unquote relationships. Yeah, yeah. But then it was like, all right, if this didn't work, all right, fuck it then. No matter what, like, yeah. all right, well, fuck it then. Yeah. But then after a while, I was like, well, maybe I, I, I can't because I stayed in one too long. That don't mean I gotta give up. The rest of that shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So then yeah. it's like, well, fuck. But like, I, 
I got a, a ego problem. Well, like, well, shit, I'm not gonna have to beg you to be with me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So fuck it. If it ain't, if it, it's like that, it's like that. I'm like, but damn, I do still kind of. And that's again on on the flip side. I used to look at it like, dog, I never stay in one too long because I get the fuck out, nigga. Anything wrong, anything go left, I get the fuck out. So I was overcompensating for my normal past behavior Thanks. in this relationship by saying, yo, she can fucking spit on me and call me out my name and I'm not going nowhere. Not not literally. <laughs> oh, figuratively. <laughs> Whoa, because nah, that's what nah, we nah, had nah. to hold up. <laughs> nah, she to spit on me, nigga. Uh, I'm burning down a police station. But it was that fucking drastic, some of the shit that was happening. And I was like, man, as fucked up as that was, as much as that hurt, I felt like I needed to prove not just to her, but to myself and to every girl I had ever been with or every friend I ever had who said, aunt, you got commitment issues. My mom, my aunts, my cousins. I felt like I needed to prove to all of them that I had to stay with that. So I stayed with this girl for a lot longer than she deserved because I was trying to make up for times where I felt like maybe I left a little too soon in the past. And with Lawrence, when he broke that down, like, man, you know, I've been thinking maybe I fucking quit things a little too soon. You could see in his face that he felt like, damn, yeah, Issa fucked up. But what she did is not the same as why she did it. What Issa did in cheating on him was wrong as fuck. And she shouldn't have done it and she didn't have to do it. And it was avoidable. And it was a certain point where she even like she walked into the cheat like it ain't just fall on her and it was like oh here's an opportunity she was making it happen dog she was creating the opportunity to cheat so what she did was wrong but why she did it was enough to make lawrence think damn dog as fucked up as she might have been for cheating on me our relationship had a lot of fucking gaps and errors and periods that need to be filled filled in with better communication and that kind of started with me. She felt neglected and unheard because of how I was acting, dog. So I, I thought this was a good conversation. It was beautiful. Um, because, and this is the closure conversation. Yeah. And we talked about or it. Or is it? We talked about it on, no, it was the closure <laughs> for that relationship. You know what I'm saying? For that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, you for know that, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like we've talked about it on here and shop talk, whatever, like do you owe another person closure? It's not, okay, maybe you not owe them, but for them to be complete, like Lawrence needed to know, like why Daniel? Yeah, I wasn't expecting Ooh. that conversation. He jumped right in the bag. I, I wasn't. I, that I, threw me off. I wasn't expecting that. I thought this was gonna be yo. I want to be with you. Let's. Yeah. Get. It was like yo, why Daniel? And I'm like, oh, so this not the Daniel. Uh, I mean, this not the Eastern Lawrence get together. Like I thought this yeah. was. I need closure. Yeah. So I was a little bit. Um, I was a little happier that. Yeah. There was some sort of a, um, okay, this is not exactly what I thought. Yeah. So I was cool with the closure conversation. It was a different angle, man. And and it still was a little bit of a, yeah. I miss you, I want to get back together combo. But it was a, before we do that, I need to sit down with you and really understand what happened when we were together. So he asked her, why Daniel? I thought Issa was going to get awkward. I thought she was going to do the Issa thing and kind of joke her way out of it because that's an awkward combo, right? Um, But and before he was like, why Daniel? Was it, could it be anybody or was, or was it something it just, specifically? Yeah, Cause that's yeah. a, that's a, and she said that she said, no, it couldn't have been anybody. And she was like, not that that makes it better, but it, it wasn't just me out here running rampant in the streets, looking to throw the pussy at somebody. It was, 
a man who was conveniently back in my life, who I had been with before I had been comfortable with before. And now he was back and he was giving me attention that you weren't. And that's a big thing, dog. Lawrence dealing with. Oh, so we got the confirmation officially. Lawrence had been out of work for a year. We got the official number. And when we were introduced to Lawrence and Issa on episode one, season one, he had been looking and interviewing for two weeks. That's the number. It ain't been four years. It ain't been two years. He'd been out of work for a year um, and he was laid off. And that's just what it was. So he was talking about, well, when he asked about why Daniel, she said, you know, he was giving me attention. You weren't. Was it really that bad? Was it really that bad? And he go because he was oblivious to the fact, right? Because he goes, nigga, for me, you were getting up and going to work every day. And I was just like, fuck, nigga. Like, I really don't have shit to do. I really don't. I'm not contributing to this relationship that I had been a part of for X amount of years. So while you was getting up, going to work every day, I didn't even see how bad our relationship had gotten because I was so focused on my life being fucked up. Man. So when I when he said that, I thought about like, so you ever so when you upset with somebody yeah or you ashamed of some shit you did like you don't go around them as much and you don't recognize i don't think he recognized that that distance that he was creating is the you don't give me attention yeah but like i was so ashamed of myself that i wouldn't come around you yeah and that's usually what happened now what happens sometimes this is sometimes um so a nigga could be outside out cheating, mm-hmm. right? He comes in the crib and he not like a total douchebag. So he don't want to like hitting the side chick, walk right in. And then the wife or the girlfriend, yeah, she want to get on. He like, he want to no. wash his dick first. He don't want to do it yeah. in the same night. Mm. So now there's a, a there's a, a excuse or I, I, I create an issue. Yeah. So we don't have to do that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we, we keep growing apart. It's like, not, not that we growing apart. But I don't want you to be on me because yeah. I just I finished fucking somebody else. Yeah. So now I'm creating distance and it feels like we're going apart. But it's not. It's because I'm trying to be a good guy while being a, a, a piece of shit. And so because Issa had said that to him, right? She said, you weren't talking to me. You weren't having sex with me. You weren't doing anything with me. But then shout out to Insecure for kind of highlighting another mental health issue. Yeah. With one of Issa's love interests on um, the main one being Lawrence. He goes, yo, I was depressed getting seeing you get up and go to work every day. It was to the point that I considered going back home to Virginia to live back with my parents. But then I thought that wouldn't be a good idea because then I'm looking myself like a failure. Wasn't there a conversation when he called back home? Because then he get did. Was, I, mean, I don't want to mix shows or whatever, but didn't he have like have Issa move in with him and got him? Damn, is this this show or not? I could be mixing, but I remember yeah. like there was a conversation of some sort um, about he didn't want to like give up. I I don't remember, so I'm not about to sit up here. Will we'll, you know me? I'll I'm a, research. I'm gonna it. go back. I'll go back through season one and find it. But that was interesting to hear that he thought because when he goes, you know, I was even ready to fucking move back home. Issa was like, "Why didn't you tell me that? Like, I didn't." And and that's. People, not not men, not women, but people have to understand sometimes when you're dealing with some shit that's so personal and so like mental health issues and depression and anxiety and those things are 
you. You don't always know how to tell someone how you feel about you when you don't even fully understand how you feel about you. Because you don't want to feel that way about yourself. Yeah. And like when you talk to them, you're admitting that this is true. You're admitting to failure. You're admitting that I know I'm not being a good boyfriend. I know I'm not being I'm not even being the best like me to me. So I know I'm not being good to you. And he didn't have that convo with her when he should have. But it was because he ain't know how just straight up and down. He didn't know how to uh, how to how to do that. And as time went on, you get comfortable to your point. You get comfortable just trying to be the best version of a shitty nigga. And that's what he was doing. Like, I know I'm lacking. I know your birthday came up. And because I had a shitty interview that day, I ain't even want to as much as go to the movies with you, like, which we had planned. Like, you went to dinner with your best friend and I wasn't there. Like, that should tell you it was a disconnect. Yeah, because... I feel so bad about myself mm-hmm. and wanting to do more yeah. that this interview didn't go the way that I wanted it to. Yeah. Now I feel even worse Yeah, because I really want to be able to provide for you and yeah. all the other bullshit. And, but and look at that. Cause I I've been in that situation before where think about a girl's birthday, who you, who you with or who you kicking with or whatever her shit coming up. And it's like, damn, I don't really got it like that. And if she want her best friend to come, do I got to pay for both of them? Like, and Lawrence really, it's like, because I, I really was thinking when I rewatched season one, why he ain't go to dinner? Like, but he ain't had no money. And that nigga had just had a bad day. Also, probably a reminder that he don't have the money to do. You couldn't be a part of her life in the way that you thought you, you should have been. your birthday, you might do a little bit extra. You, he ain't I had no extras. I don't got enough for the minimum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you about to kick in extras. I don't have the front sort of extras, nigga. Yeah. Like, it's just, so... It, Lawrence was in a in a, a space that we had always known, but he had never explained to Issa. And I think that their conversation at the top of the, the restaurant scene about being open and no eggshells and no tiptoeing and let's just be a hundred. This was the culmination of that because um, she even asked him when she was talking about Daniel. Yo, he gave me what I wanted. He gave me attention that you weren't giving me, blah, blah, blah. Lawrence kind of made a face and took a drink. He took that whiskey and he took a sip and she said, I'm sorry, is this too much? No eggshells. And that nigga said, no, no eggshell because I want this level of honesty because I wanted it when you should have gave it to me and you didn't and you cheated on me and you went and did all this extracurricular shit outside of our relationship and now I could never trust that you could be this honest with me. So now, even though it might sting a little bit, even a year later, woo, I appreciate you being this open. So... I um I thought the dialogue between the two of them was phenomenal, my nigga. Like Excellent. they were both acting their ass off. It was a very real scene. It was a scene that if you've been black and in a relationship that went left, you could relate. Like, period. This was just a moment that black folks could relate to, dog. Someone posted a picture that I uh, I, I saw that shit. I saw that shit. And now they gonna think that's like we getting that from them. But it's we not. ain't no, that ain't from, <laughs> we had that shit at fucking ten thirty one, nigga. Like, let's just keep it a buck. Um, but anyway, no. So, uh, during the, the relationship scene or I'm sorry, the restaurant scene, we also started to see their chemistry begin to like reestablish itself. Cause up until this point it had been, you know, fun and reconnecting and what's been going on and what happened back then. But after they opened up, then it became like, okay, now let's go do something like let's, it was starting to, to feel a little bit more like a date. Yeah. As opposed to let's get back together and drink and reminisce. Nigga. And then uh, then she asked him, like, so when you was in a car and you told Uber lady, like, you bought a you ring. You bought a ring. Like, yeah. you was for real or? And he, so 
Lawrence did the thing that niggas do. He gave her a face like, yeah, but he ain't say yeah. And it's the reason he ain't say yeah, because I don't think that nigga bought that ring. I'm going to keep it a buck, nigga. And it's not here to fuck with y'all. I don't remember that ring. No, no, no. He didn't. I don't remember no ring purchase. He didn't purchase it. It was an episode in season one before he found out she had cheated with Daniel where they went to the ring store. They went to the jewelry store. They walked in. And when they walked, like they were in the mall and they go into this jewelry store and he walked right up to the counter and he goes to the nigga. He tried to get on some fancy shit like Garcon, like show me the rings that show me this one right here. And when he did that, the dude pulled the rings out and Issa immediately got awkward because she was harboring this secret, right? Because I've been fucking. I've been fucking this nigga. I, I've been over here wilding out. Nigga, me being in this store with you is going to highlight the fact that I'm not ready for what you're ready to do. To, so to that point, and what I was trying to say with when a nigga been out there cheating and being a piece of shit, it worked on both ends. So mm-hmm. like, because ultimately you probably ashamed of what you're actually doing. Yeah. You are you are not as close to the other person because you don't want the other person to see your shame because you can read that. Yeah. So that's where that that distance and that wedge begins. And yeah. when they were looking at rings, she don't want to be involved, and her her energy start acting different because like yo, you gonna be able to see my shame because there's a certain level of joy that should that that should yeah. pop out when you talk about rings. And she couldn't build that moment up. And some people, even though they they doing some two faced shit, they're not like. They not all the way fake. Like I can't, I can't super fake this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm not like a sociopath. Like I can't be like yeah. with a whole other family and then come in like everything all good. Like, like so- you can come to my event and then when Daniel show up to the event, I can like move around like shit wasn't wrong as fuck, even though she got caught that night. But I could try to make sure that this moment goes over smooth. But I can't let you buy me no ring, fam. So we didn't ever see Lawrence buy a ring, but. Who knows? Maybe he had bought one and that that was just like the plan for the presentation, right? Like, yo, I'm going to buy this ring and then I'm going to walk in with her. I'm going to ask you to see it. And once I do that, we going to front. So the one comment that I've seen a lot and I uh, and I see you uh, women clinging to uh, relax. I just want you to say just re- relax uh, is the it was just easier to blame you. Oh, man. Then I wouldn't have to deal with my own shit. So Lawrence said that to Issa. He said it was easier for me to blame you and not deal with my own shit. Because she, she had like, well, why didn't you give it to me? And why didn't you do all yeah. this? So now, like I've been seeing, I saw somebody retweeted like, yo, this the most realest tweet I've ever seen because when men can finally... Listen, relax. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is this is this is not a, this is not man exclusive. This is <laughs> person exclusive. And sometimes yeah. y'all don't want to people don't want to deal with their own shit. Yeah. So it it drives a wedge. And here's the thing, man. His shit existed whether she cheated or not. Thanks. Her cheating just gave him an extra layer of not having to deal with his shit. It doesn't make her cheating any less right or any less wrong. Um and to be the to to be more specific now, I remember why I brought that up. I think when he said it was just easier to blame you, I think he's talking about the actual act of cheating. Mm-hmm. Like I blamed you, like you're just a disloyal person because you cheated on me. Yeah, I didn't deal with my shit as in like I created, I I played a part in creating a yeah. bad relationship. Not saying that I made. I blamed you as because we was in a bad relationship, and then that's why you cheated. No, yeah. I think this was attached to the the very specific cheating act i just blamed you and that's why i dipped off and that goes back to the point i was making the act of what she did cheating foul 
the act of why she did it was the thing that he had been avoiding, but he wasn't avoiding it because she cheated on him. He was avoiding it because he didn't want to look himself in the mirror mm. and say, yo, I am fucking up my entire relationship and my life by sitting here sort of sulking in this depression and sulking in this comfort. I mean, look, the nigga had been unemployed for a year. And by the time we were introduced to this show, he had only been interviewing for a couple of weeks. That tells you that for 50 weeks out of 52, this nigga was sitting back just fucking reveling in his own depression and soaking in his own misery, dog. And it's like, you can imagine being in a relationship with a type of person like that. And that's in this quote is the reason that he was okay with walking away and not yeah. fixing the relationship yeah. like at Issa one. Cause she was like, well, obviously there's one relationship. I wish you would have stayed in. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that is it. Like I just, no, I'm going to blame you. And then I don't got to deal with the fact that I wasn't in the best mind state. And yeah, I contributed to a bad relationship and we clearly both weren't talking. Yeah. And I, I think that that's the one thing that the two of them kind of came out of this convo with. And I'm going to get into it a little bit more in a minute, but we really saw them establish the fact that, yo, our biggest problem, it wasn't you cheating. It wasn't the fact I ain't have a job. It was the fact that we weren't properly communicating. Yeah. And in every relationship, and it seems like in every pod that me and you fucking have the shows and the TV shows and the movies that we review are about, communication dog and granted we're talking about scripted shit so clearly they have to create a fucking narrative um but it all comes back to properly and improperly communicating when we're not talking which they weren't over the course of that year fam you have no idea how depressed i am but for Issa, nigga you had no idea how lonely it felt being in the same house with a nigga who won't even talk to me dog like though that is a real problem bro and though that is the major issue it's not that simple Mm mm-mm because it never is though some of that shit like how can you say that shit to somebody else and you literally don't want to say it to yourself yeah it's like yo you ain't communicate with this because i fam i didn't want to admit it to me i didn't know i was denying that it was happening while it was happening so i've i've been again and i've mentioned that on this pod but i've been exactly where lawrence was during that year i spent eight months jobless i spent eight months running through my savings nigga money that i had fucking built up and thought would go towards something important became essential and it became essential to life i couldn't eat without this shit it was barely enough to cover bills then it was like but when you so it's like stages of unemployment right you lose your job and you think all right fucking i'm optimistic i'm gonna go out here i know i'm dope nigga i know i'm smart I'm going to find me a job, woo, 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 but I'm going to take some time to myself at first, man, and work on some shit. And you try to do that. And then you look up and it's been three months. Then you look up from that three months and it's like, all right, let me get serious about applying. And you start looking for jobs and you realize, damn, none of this shit that's like hiring is even like my skill set. None of this, like you start reworking your resume to try to sound like you could be a fit for yeah. that. When you know you ain't even fucking. It's not even what I want to do. That ain't what I want to do. It ain't what I, uh, what I studied. It ain't what I know. Or that don't even fucking pay enough. Like, and you start, you have that moment in the middle, that second phase where you start to feel like I'm way better than this shit that's out here. So now you applying for less because mm, you're waiting for more. I'm trying to stop this bleeding. Nigga. Then when you get to that third stage, you like, Oh shit. That's the stage before desperation. That's like a lot of people try to stop the bleeding. You get this one job and then you start working this job. And now because this job that is quote unquote beneath you, so to speak, now you don't even got enough free time to go look for another job. Yeah. I can't even I can't yeah. even go on an interview 
because I can't take days off because I just started this job. Because you went and got that nigga. I went and got a job at FedEx that was supposed to be a holiday job. And luckily I caught that bitch right in October, right before the, the holiday wave and all that shit. And it was like, yo, I'm just lucky if I could get 20 hours a week, nigga. And then when they realized I was a hard worker and busting my ass and willing to work overtime, they was asking for more and more and more. I looked up and it was like, damn, I'm working full time hours in this bitch. But look at when I'm working, dog. I'm working from five in the afternoon to three in the fucking morning. I'm coming home. Nigga, I already have insomnia. At what point am I going to be focused enough to apply for her? A nine to five, yeah. nigga. I don't know, but I know I got to do that shit before four thirty because at four thirty I got to go to work. And it was just like when you that get caught me. up in that cycle. I was literally working midnights at uh at FedEx. I did FedEx and UPS. Yeah, and when you get caught up in that cycle, dog, it becomes so routine because for you having been unemployed for however many months you went, you essentially start to feel like, dog, at least I'm getting a check now. And you're not even focused on the fact that that check you get. Lawrence was getting unemployment. I didn't qualify for unemployment because I quit the job that I lost. Lawrence was laid off. He never even had a chance to say, yo, this unemployment and this savings, it still ain't enough, dog. Not just enough financially to take care of bills and shit. It ain't enough to take care of me mentally, bro. I'm still feeling fucked up after all this shit. And I went through that whole sh I was depressed. I was this. I was that. I didn't have a dollar. I was trying to fucking be there for my parents when I couldn't be there for myself. I was trying to date then. I was dating a girl then. Thought shit was going all right. But it was like at no point could I ever explain to her comfortably, nigga, I don't have yo, date listen, night money, bro. <laughs> like, yo, like if you went to your like, yo, listen, uh, the reason that we only go out twice a month is because... After we come home, I got yeah. $12 in my account. Yeah. And I wrapped the end. I, I, I ended the night. Oh, my attitude wasn't the best because yeah. I'm thinking about, damn, if we if we do this, we swipe that, then it's going to be like, what am I going to do next? Like, like, that will fuck up your energy yeah. on a date. Yo, I would love to buy you flowers uh, when you dealing with whatever the fuck you dealing with and try to make up for that. But them flowers was a lot, and, and that know, was unexpected. I know the conventional wisdom was like, well, then you shouldn't date. Well, y'all already in a relationship. It's too late. And here was the thing. <laughs> I had already been kicking it with the girl. When I started kicking it with her, it was right before I uh, quit my job. I had money then. And I had money coming. I had commission checks coming at the end of the quarter and another one coming the next quarter. I was like, nigga, I'm good. But you good until you ain't. You good until, yo, I never planned on getting into a car accident and all of a sudden, not in wreck the bins, nigga, and not a motherfucking truck. Oh, shit, I got the insurance where my deductible was 1000 because it made my fucking payment lower every month. And now I got to pay these niggas 1000 And now they done went into the bins and found out it was electrical issues inside the whip that had nothing to do with your car accident. For us to fix that, your insurance company ain't covering it. So now you got to pay another 900 Nigga, what the fuck you going to do when all that happens out the blue and your girl talking about date night? So I get where Lawrence was at. I get why he wasn't explaining that shit properly in the moment. And how much of a, a piece of shit nigga you are if you can't pay for the dinner and the movie. Like, how? Yeah. You broke ass nigga. You can't. A man's supposed to provide. The Bible says, <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, God don't even like me no more. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> My Lord and Savior was like, nah, fam. <laughs> Dog. Thou shall not get the buns no Dog. more. <laughs> Yo, when somebody tells you what the Bible says about being a man, <laughs> it's like the most deflating shit possible because nothing I can say beats the Bible, yeah. nigga. Like, the Bible didn't tell me that I had a response to that. So, um, I, I love this moment. I love this scene. I thought that the two of them kicking it and just being open and honest 
was gonna I still didn't know where the night was going, dog. Me like I at every level of this episode, I even to this point, I still thought we might see the remaining characters, like the other cast. I didn't know this was finna be all them the whole night, even through the restaurant scene. So they get up, um, and they they eat dinner, they do their drinks, and when they leave, they go outside and Issa, this was the first moment. No, no, no. Before she said that, before we heard my nigga pull up, Issa goes. Issa goes. Um, man, when was the last time you've been to what was it called? Art, art walk, art walk. When was the last time you've been to Art Walk? Like she, they were standing outside, kind of awkwardly at the end of the no, night. No, this was after the talk. No, I what? No, no, no. I know it was that. It I wasn't mean, after dude because I thought dude and them said they was going over to Art Walk. No. Nah, he he came so she asked him that and while they was having it he hit them with the blat 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 and then after the nigga left tsa after he left she goes man you know that nigga funny he like yeah i see why you dated that nigga and he was like let me know how art walk is and that's when he hit that walk off and shit dog but either way they outside they talking it's post dinner it's that like let's continue the small talk because i ain't ready for the night to end it's that what do we do I tell you to come through? Do it like yeah. what do you do next? Do I stay? Do I leave? Do I go? <laughs> like they was on their Donnell Jones outside the restaurant. And yeah. uh then we heard that brat, brat, <laughs> my nigga back, TSA back, dog. And uh what was this nigga named? Calvin? I don't know. Nigga Calvin walked up and uh he was with Mazda. That's funny wild. funny part about Mazda that act I don't know her name officially but she was in our section at Dre's when I was in Vegas last September um and I knew it the minute she started talking and I saw the braces I was like that's old girl my man cousin Marcus was on dog so that was really funny to me because I'm like oh I actually kicked it with her she was pretty cool but she drank a bottle of liquor um she was thirsty as fuck nigga but anyway uh TSA walks up and as soon as he walks up, he started right out making it awkward. Off top, if you walk up on your girl talking about blah, it's awkward already. But when you walk up like, damn, you back here again? You ordered the prawn joint, time. And that like, nigga Lawrence was with it, though. He like, oh, this who you came here yeah, with? Yeah, Lawrence was like, yeah, she did order the prawn joints. And she ordered the ribeye. And, the, and TSA was like, oh, y'all had a whole feast in there. And he was like, we finna go up in here and fuck shit up. Like, my nigga, yo, let's 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 appreciate TSA, baby. He a real nigga. My nigga TSA is a real nigga. My nigga brought drugs and liquor and dick to Issa every time he went through there. Always told the truth. He always kept it a buck with her. And my nigga, he played security at her little, her, her uh, fundraiser. And the nigga was like, always with whatever. Like, he never was like. Oh, you on some? He ain't judge Issa. He just kind of ran. You don't want kicking no more. All right, cool. He was cool with everything. Like, oh yeah, I got a lot of kids and I be busting in chicks. And then my, last time we fucked, my condom broke. You done? I understand. Like my nigga's just cool, dog. Lauren's playing it like so. What exactly do you? <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah. How do y'all know each other? And that nigga was like, we used to get it in, nigga. And I, I don't know. I just like dog energy, man. Mm-hmm. He was funny. He was that. This season, he was that Thug Yoda. He was that. Um, I thought it was Thug Yoda, and I almost when he got, first started saying, I yeah. almost got angry. Like, come on, y'all can't keep using Thug Yoda. Yeah. Like, he can't be that. That he can't be a joke. Yeah, like don't because he was like a natural. Like it made sense. Like, oh, we're walking through the dunes, and my neighbor came out, and it's Thug Yoda because he lived over too. But, um, 
I enjoyed the dialogue because Issa was sitting there painfully awkward. And like, she really looked like she wanted to go. But Lawrence was having fun with it. He like, oh, yeah, y'all used to date? Like, what's up? And then the nigga was like, Mazda was like, we need to get in here so we can get to wherever they was going after. So they dip. And then Lawrence hit Issa with what I thought was probably the best fucking moment of that. Well, one of them. Um, He goes, yeah, man. So Art Walk, dog, let me know how it is. I'm about to get up out of here. And that nigga walked off on her. How did you feel in that moment? Well, because if I'm not mistaken, didn't he get a text from Condola or a call from Condola? So he got a text from Condola in the restaurant. Yeah. The call came when they were at Art Walk. Yeah. So in the restaurant. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because how the fuck dare we forget it. She had gone to the bathroom after the convo they had because it was. Let me go regroup, nigga. Like, even though we handled that and no eggshells and all that, but it was still a heavy moment. So she went to the bathroom. And when she goes to the bathroom, he gets a text from Condola. Condola's like, yo, I know you said Tuesday, but any chance you're available to talk tonight? And it was like, oh, shit. Nigga said, yo, I'm out. I'll but hit I you hit you up. later. Like, I hit you when I'm done. And it was like, oh, shit. Like, what's going down, nigga? Um, off top, when you first see the message from Condola, what was your thoughts? I was surprised it was con- well when I saw it, it said Condola. I'm thinking like, oh, how random is that? But you know how niggas' radar is like when you think your girl <laughs> moving on, you can call her like, well, you just know yeah. when she got up, so you you call her. I'm thinking like, damn, her her nigga radar is a uh, is on and shit. And I had to I had to rewind and pause so I can uh, read the to message. Read the, yeah, yeah, I did the same thing. I like so y'all been in conversation. I'm like, well, damn, Lawrence, you said you wasn't fucking with her no more. Twenty five minutes ago to Issa, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what kind of shit Lawrence on. So I ain't gonna lie, dog. And I, I still, as much as I enjoyed this episode, I enjoyed uh, Issa and Lawrence's entire night. Lawrence's behavior confused me this episode man um and it confused me because i was like yo it it takes me back to the end of last episode when he made the call and said hey do you want to get drinks i was like who was he really trying to get like did he reach out to both of them just on some like they both my exes let me just shoot some in the water nigga and if one of them fucking says yeah i'm gonna go out with her and i'm gonna keep it a buck and we gonna be open and we gonna talk about where things went wrong and i'm like did Issa just happen to reply first and then Condola reached back and was like, yo, yeah, I can get drinks. And he was like, uh, so Tuesday, because he's already going out Friday. So I gave my my Condola theory. OK, well, one, I think this was closure. I don't think Easton and Lawrence are getting back together. I think they you like, already know. I hope not. Um, so I, I think they're going right. their separate ways. OK, but I believe the question that Condola posed was like, are you over Issa, essentially? And like, I think he needed to find out if he was. Mm. so they mm. called we had dinner find out what like he needed a closure yeah. to understand that that shit is completely over and since how we know how to end how it ended they look at each other yeah. kind of was like i feel like that was their final that was the send-off joke. It, it definitely could have been but i also before we got to the look and all that shit if the reason for going out with her was to make sure like yo let me see if i am over easter or not he definitely didn't look like he was, nigga. Even again, before the end, before the the look and the exchange, before she got up. I also think Condola's peppermint. Mm. Um, pregnant. I know what you. I know uh, what you. Y'all got. Yeah. Y'all got to watch Bobby's World. <laughs> <laughs> so Condola had text while he was in the restaurant. He told her, "Yo, I'm out right now, but I'm gonna hit you later when uh when I leave when I'm free." 
Um, and then so fast forward, they're outside. Uh, TSA dog just just dipped. Lawrence was like, "I right, Mill, you know, it was great, man, catching up with you, dog. Let me know how artwork is, art walk is." And he walked off, and I was sitting there like, "Dog, I know this nigga ain't just dipped to go see Condole. but I also kind of was like, "Nigga, shit." His he was trying to get back with Condola, but he needed that closure with Issa first. Issa was looking like nigga. And Issa was literally standing there like, okay, nigga. And then you heard that. <laughs> My nigga Lawrence was just joking, dog. That nigga I said, I'm fucking with you, man. Let's get it. like a little hoe. I'm over here like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that moment. And I love the moment where she said, I literally hate you. Like, the way she said it was just like, I don't know. I enjoyed the. This was the moment where I felt like, all right, now they've gotten the bullshit out the way. You know, the now ne- they fully open. The next scene is when they really, really did it. Well, that's so again, I felt like every scene they were leaving something behind at the spot that they left. So during the bar scene, they got the wild reintroductions out the way. Oh, what have you been doing? Oh, I've been out here interviewing and taking meetings in San Fran. Oh, I did the block part. They got all the bullshit out. The restaurant was, all right, let's get down to business. Why did you cheat on me with Daniel? Yo, nigga, you was being a fucking terrible boyfriend in your depression she even said i thought i knew how to support you but i realized i didn't like i thought i was supporting you and i realized i didn't that in itself was nigga i ain't even know how to be there for you because that's how much we weren't talking well how would i how never, would i i've never done this before yeah but then they had that convo and i felt like they left it there and now they get to art walk art walk was the we've we, now we're completely naked i'm cracking the fuck up at all these fucking puns porn Pun. Man, they born walked in. Pun. The so, born primitive, born whatever they are. I'm cracking the fuck up. So they walked in the art walk and Issa, because this is definitely Issa, my type of joke. <laughs> she comes in and she goes, "Man, Idris really shouldn't play Bond. I think he'd do a better idea. I uh, he'd be better at the born identity." And then. Lawrence was like, nah, he wouldn't do good in the born identity. I think they working on the farm version of it, the corn identity. And then from there, they went fucking corn, porn, warm. Like, they was just doing all the identity. And it was like, yo, now we're reestablishing their chemistry. When they got to that, that warm identity and then the global warming, change, then yeah. it was like, but we really do fuck with Kyle. I'm like, because in California, global warming matters. Yeah. <laughs> like, So at that point, I'm thinking like, these niggas is trying to make me okay with them being together. And at this moment, I ain't gonna lie, I was, I was fully into this scene. Um, so they're walking through the the art walk, which is essentially, uh, it's like arts, beats, and eats for the Detroit people. You walk around and it's, it's vendors, it's art, it's all kinds of shit. So they're walking through and they're looking at these different art pieces and they're like having the discussions about like, what do you think this mean? And Lauren's like, I ain't gonna lie, I don't get it, dog. And she's like, well, it's abstract. It means you happy. And it's like, you just saw them. It felt like kind of look fired up. No, that painting was fucking cold. With the eye, the trunk, yeah. like that shit. That painting fired. was cold. And for those who keep asking, where does she get a change of clothes? When they were looking at the painting, the happy painting, that was when she got the sweatshirt. She was looking at the sweatshirt before they looked at the painting. Oh yeah, they pointed out because I'm like, where, where the fuck? Yeah, did she get these clothes? it was right next to the painting. She bought it, and when they're walking through Art Walk after that scene, when they talk about it, you see her holding the bag. Mm. Um. But this was when I felt like, are they going to kiss, nigga? Like, because now I never, before the art scene, I never thought that this was going to lean back into romance. I yeah. just thought it was 
we trying to get our emotions correct and and work on our mind for Issa, it's yo let me finally not feel bad about what i did to lawrence and for lawrence it was yo let me let her know that i understand that it was me too it wasn't just her both uh various levels of weight on your mind this episode seemed long as hell it's yo the, it's the longest 30 minute episode so i did want to point out this episode was i believe 31 minutes long credit to credit thank you because them 24 27 minute joints they wasn't getting it man it like, felt it came to one point i had to pause it to see how much see time how much was left i'm like did a nigga slip a, a whole episode in on us like, but it goes it goes to the point of uh the writers too again thank you natasha rothwell um pacing pacing is important when you're writing you can't just we thought that meeting at the bar at the top of the episode was them getting right to the shits but little did we know the shits would be broken down into three segments over the episode and it kind of stretched it out and made it feel longer so they're walking through um lawrence they see an art piece together we never see it as the viewers but they saw a piece and it was kind of like a wow and i'm interested to see what that piece was i don't know if they ever gonna show it but they both kind of had a wild look on their face and then Lawrence bought it. Right. And she goes, man, so where you stand now? And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I actually don't live that far from you, man. I meant to tell you, like I live off whatever in La Brea and she like, dog, you've been my neighbor. You've been living in a frat house or a bachelor pad this whole time. And you ain't told me nigga. And he was like, I'm offended that you would say I live in a bachelor pad. I am carrying art right now. And this is what it was literally at that moment. I knew, he finna get her back to the house. I knew it right there, dog. You got to. Fam, if he played that how a nigga's supposed to play that, he getting her back to the house. So they called another Uber. They was leaving her art joint. And she was like, like yo. If you, if you hook up with your ex, not even on some romantic shit, and yeah. you just bought a house or you just got a new spot, you want them to see it. If you out with your ex. Some some people want them to see it. If, y'all, if, you, if you and your ex are out together and y'all are single, y'all are not tied down to anybody or whatever, um... And, and y'all cordial. are, yeah, yeah, y'all are single, y'all are cordial, y'all are having what started out as a catch up over drinks and what's literally turned into a date night. Cause drinks, dinner and drinks, and an art show, that's a date night. Right. That ain't us catching up over drinks. Um, and if the thing you wanted to talk about was, yo, I've been wondering what life would be like if we never broke up. You ever got one of the messages or texts or emails or anything? Oh, yeah. I I got an email about that. I deleted shit out there. <laughs> I didn't even want to read because I was like, I know what life would be like. It would be miserable. <laughs> like I would have been fucking upset and living in D.C. mad at my life, nigga. <laughs> but they leave the art show and Issa's like, yo, um, do you want to share another lift or whatever? And Lawrence was like, yeah, we could do that. And she was like, I'll get this one since you no, got he, the last one. He was like, you want to get this one? Yeah. <laughs> she, was like, she, was like, she was like, all right, cool. And she was like, like, but it ain't going to be no fancy shit, though. Like, like, you know I just spent a lot of money on that goddamn food. Fam, I literally, we bought the menu. And then I bought a fucking art piece. Like, I don't have no, and I, he probably bought her sweatshirt. So, Lawrence ain't got no money left, nigga. He had his date night money. He tapped out. You feel obligated, like, when you buying some shit. And then, like, y'all walk to the, the, the register together. Do you feel obligated to, like... Yes. Like, yes. It, it's before they're your girlfriend and before you even, like, really know them like that, if y'all... Because I've been, again, we live in Detroit, Arts, Beats, and Eats. That's a thing, Labor Day weekend. I've been to that with a girl who I had just started dating. And then, like, she see a thing and I see a thing and I go to buy my thing. And then she go to buy hers and I'm like fuck she wouldn't <laughs> be here if it wasn't for me i gotta buy it nigga the law says 
and then you buy it and then you don't even date her a week later nigga by october that bitch dead and it's like god damn it give me my 32 dollars back but they get in the lift and they headed to the crib and when they pull up, they still doing the fucking bachelor pad talk and da 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 da. She like, kind of clowned. Believe you thought, look at my shit. My nigga, shit is plush. Okay? And he's showing her from the outside that his crib is plush. And she just had that look of disbelief. Like, nah, I know that shit probably bachelor pad is fuck. She was like, have fun hanging that over your air mattress. And that nigga Lawrence was like, hey, can you give her five minutes? I'm about to have her come in real quick just to look at my crib. Nigga. And the, the lift driver was cool. He was like, it's whatever. And when that nigga Lawrence fucking swingle, swindled that out, nigga, I was like, yeah, he trying to fuck, dog. Like, now I know where we at now. Like, this episode has gone left. Fam, if you if if you thought about AKA us getting back together, you're definitely thinking about fucking. Facts. Like, there's, <laughs> if I'm sp- like this, this is 100%. 1,000%. And not only that, they go up in the crib, and when they walked in, she's like, oh, damn, the shit is nice. Like, da-da-da. And then she saw the couch that they had bought after they got rid of the bouch. Mm. And she said, oh, this is a, you found a good spot for it. And I was like, mm. she remembered a couch. Because the last time they had that couch, they was fucking on it. Mm. They had that that breakup sex on yeah. there. Uh, so she was like, you found a really good spot for it. Da, 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 da. So they in there and they kind of awkwardly talking. And East is like, yeah, well, this is dope. Um, Do you mind if I go to the bathroom real quick? And he like, nah, it's down the hall on the left. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So she go to the bathroom. Which thing was about to happen next? Oh, wait. Before this, let's rewind a little bit because it's connected to this. When they were at the art walk, Condola called that nigga. And this is when, again, I got confused about Lawrence, but I appreciated how he responded. So his phone, you hear the phone vibrating. He pulled it out of his pocket and he looked at it. In front of us and Issa, Condola's calling. And she goes, Oh, is that Condola? No, it's just a motherfucking name, Condola, nigga. And he was like, yeah. Um, She was like, are y'all back? And he was like, I mean, not, she wants to talk. Like, that's just what it is. She wants to talk. We ain't back together. And he was like, I don't really know where that's going. Like, I don't know what's up with it. She just wants to talk. He could have been on some bullshit. He could have lied. He could have fumbled his way through a lie. He didn't. He kept it a buck with her. Like, I'm out with you. I told her I was out. But she wants to talk. Um, so fast forward, we at his crib. Issa goes to the bathroom. Lawrence calls Condola back. Well, when she went to the bathroom, what did I think? I was expecting there to be a scene with her talking to herself in the bathroom. I knew we were finna get an Issa rap. Because Cause when do we not get an Issa rap? It's an Issa show. But and this was more like Daniel's, I mean, goddamn, Lawrence episode. Even though it was Issa's, but I felt like it was, what is Lawrence doing? Yeah, I was, I knew we were going to get an Issa rap, which we didn't, but I also was like, damn. Maybe we're really, done. Yeah, I thought it was like, yo, she's finna go pee. No, maybe we're done with the Issa in the mirror. Because la- remember last <laughs> two episodes two episodes ago, ago yep. she looked in the mirror, ain't nothing happened. Yeah, like, fam, when you she ran your, up on Molly at the uh, Ethiopian spot. Like, you got to make your decisions on your own now. There is no more look in the mirror yeah. and, and your alter ego, so to speak. Fuck that. I need the freestyles, bro. <laughs> if I don't get the mirror freestyles, why am I here, nigga? But she went to the bathroom, and we don't know what she did. Because a lot of people on the group thread, shout out to the uh, Facebook group, a lot of them is like she went to the bathroom to pat that pussy down, nigga. Had you know, to go in there and fucking hit that bitch with an Eve's wipe. You know, I I, I, I hear the water running when, when, when y'all go in the bathroom. Nigga, you trying to wait till that water get warm. You don't know. We in the hood. This should take 10 minutes to get warm, nigga. Better wipe that down with the cold wipe. 
But we don't know what Issa went to do, but we do know what Lawrence was on. Lawrence called Condola back. And we don't hear Condola's side of the convo, which I thought was like weird. Like y'all can have them. You can split screen it or give me her voice or whatever. But Lawrence is like, yeah, yeah, no, um, no, that's cool. Oh, you still want me to come you, on? You still want? Damn, I thought I thought I had pissed you off enough by not hitting you up that I could now be like, oh my bad, it got late. I ain't know. I I let's catch up Tuesday. Why like you make that call while she was still in the house? Though? I don't know why, fam. You had already ignored her call. You have zero. You ignored her call when she reached out. When she texted, you told her, "I'm out. I'll hit you when my night is over." Because now you ain't have make, to call her back. Now bro. it makes me think like, "Oh, you actually have to call her back." Yeah, because you and stepped outside. Now I'm wondering if him and Condola. Granted, Condola wants to talk, and we're going to talk about what she may want to talk about in a minute. Um, but now I'm thinking like, "Damn, have you and Condola already like started to talk?" Because Having to step outside on your front porch and close the door to call a girl back. Why? Why are you doing all this when you dealing with two of your exes, nigga? Like you didn't have to call Condola back that night. Not while Issa was there. Right. But he called her and he even again, just like he did with the text. He goes, yeah, um, I might still be able to make it over there. I, I, I might could come to that. I might could do that. So he hit her with that. I might could. nigga. And when he goes back in the house. Issa standing there she heard a little bit of that Issa heard a little bit of the conversation and she goes was that Condola and Lawrence is standing there like yeah that was Condola man I'm glad um, nigga ain't lie and so alright let's talk about the energy for a minute Lawrence was keeping it a whole hundred with Issa he was keeping it a buck yes this is Condola calling yes that was Condola I just talked to she wants to talk was good Miley was good but he wasn't keeping that energy with Condola, nigga. He was telling Condola, yeah, no, uh, when my night is over, I might come meet you. Which he ain't had no uh, obligation to tell Condola what he was out doing. But I did think it was a funny juxtaposition how openly honest he was being with Issa. Because you see what, uh, I mean. I mean, your night is going straight. And for the first time in you and Issa's relationship, or since y'all broke up, rather, you felt like you could be open and honest. Because you're like, what do I have to lose? But with Condola... You know, there's still a little something to lose, which is why I'm with you. I don't think that they're getting back together. Him and Issa, I think that it's like, yo, we had a moment. We had our night. We had our thing. And now that that's over. Did you watch the after talk thing? Yeah, I did. I did. And that kind of confirmed yeah. for me because it was yeah. like, yo, she never going to see Issa. He was like, you never going to see Issa again. Yeah. Type shit. Cause yeah. This was like, how random is it going to be like, yo, uh, let's hang out again. Like. And again, um, Lawrence initiated this night to talk. I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about what life would be with with you had I not left you, had I not quit too soon, had I not given up on you. And I know I fucked up, but I do have some questions about why you cheated on me and why you felt like our relationship ended. And I felt like he got all of that. But now everything beyond that was extra credit. This is all extracurricular shit. He's getting conversations and intimacy with Issa that he was not going to get facts and he didn't even look to get when he came out that night but now that he's getting it Lawrence is being a nigga he's a single nigga yes I was gonna see you and I was gonna hook up with Condola Tuesday hey ain't it funny how like who you was being for who 
Man. Like, man. Because that really tells you who. Condola catching a fucking whirlwind spin right now. That really be telling you for, well, I won't say you. Yeah. Um, It tells me who is more important when I will drop everything. Fam. To hang out with this person. When 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 that girl cause he's single right now. So the obligation is is non existent to either of these women. But when that one say she wants a night to keep going, you ain't leaving her for the other one. Period. So I'm thinking like, damn, this how this shit gonna end? Yeah. Oh, like, cause they still got the lift driver out there waiting. I'm thinking like, damn, dog, this how this shit gonna end? Yeah. Awkward. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like y'all did all this all shit. All this night, all this chemistry and, and it's I'm thinking like now. Damn, and Lawrence, you fucked it. You fumbled the bag. Yeah. Like, you fucked this up. And then. Because you could have just told Condola, yo, tonight don't work, but I'm Tuesday. We still on for the night we had planned. And you could have been done. What night is this? I don't know. I have no clue what night it is. Because when Condola reached out and said, hey, I know you said Tuesday, but is tonight good? I'm like, maybe Sunday? It's I Sunday. don't know. It got to be Sunday. Got to be a Sunday. Because bro. remember, uh, yeah, this is Sunday. This is This is Sunday gotta be or this is monday think this is monday because it was sunday when they saw when she saw molly and them in the uh in the um airport in the airport he made the phone call they probably went out the next day which is monday so then while she's texting him like yo i know it says it's gonna be tuesday but can you get together tonight it gotta be because i know it wasn't a whole fucking week yeah, that's one of the things in and my was, rewatch that I'm gonna be looking for. Like, what it was day Friday was when when Molly went out of town. Could be they could probably be went it. for the weekend because they was yeah. only there one, two, three. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday when they came home, came back Sunday. Lawrence made the call. Mexico not that went far out from Monday. Cali. No, so not like, at all. That's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, and then him and Issa go out the next day because you ain't same Dan. It he yeah. just got back from San Fran. Yeah. Go out Monday, and then he planned on Condola too. And he was he missed the block party because he was in San Fran, and that block party was Saturday. Mm. Well, well, I was I guess it was a week later they went on they went out. Yeah, it had went, to be because yeah. either way, it feel like maybe Monday, dog. Yeah. Maybe Monday could have been Sunday, but definitely not Tuesday because <laughs> Tuesday was gonna be the day him and Condola yeah. met. So in any event, Issa asked him straight up, yo, like. Zach Condola, Lawrence kept it a buck. Yeah, she wants to talk. Now, let's get on this real quick. There's a lot of theories out there. A lot of folks saying Condola pregnant. She peppermint. Um, I feel like because so I got two theories, right? So on the one hand, yep, I think Condola pregnant because boy, she is on his head. But not only is she on his head about linking up and talking sooner than they planned on talking. She's not getting mad at the spin when that nigga tells her. Yeah, no, I'm out right now, but I'm going to hit you later. Then when you tell her, yeah, I might could still make that work. I, I might could be over there late. She not getting upset. She with the shits because she knows I don't give a fuck. I need to talk to you, my nigga. And I need to talk to you sooner than later. Because let's say this is Monday. Tomorrow is too motherfucking far away, nigga. I am pregnant with your child, bro. So it makes some sense. Like, what the fuck? Is, what else you trying to talk about? And that's my other theory. If it ain't you pregnant. Then he might got to get out of there because Condola, her energy, she she might be a little possessive, nuts, crazy. Because, fam, you broke up with me. You didn't want to be with me because you wasn't ready to get we, nothing we, serious. We think. We, th- we think. We think. Maybe she didn't. But the reason for the breakup was because you didn't think that our shit was so serious because you had been divorced for a year and a half and you wasn't really ready for that. I've been ready for that 
since I left this. And you were the first woman since I left this that I was really investing in. I was meeting your friends. I was coming to Friendsgiving. You ain't even invite me to that shit. To Friendsgiving. To Friendsgiving. Not to meet your family. Not what Molly and Andrew was debating. You didn't invite me to meet your friends, dog. Like, so... And these look like all work acquaintances. Yeah, like these wasn't important friends. Y'all didn't look all friendly. Fam, I couldn't meet drunk Nikki. So whatever reason that him and Condola broke up, whether it was him him or her who initiated the breakup, she initiated the vibe that let it be known that this wasn't going to work because she was looking for something else than what Lawrence had in mind. So when Issa asked him if it was Condola and he told her, yeah, she wants to talk, Issa kind of was looking like maybe she might play the Issa role and be like, oh, that's what's up. She had the, oh, that's what's up face. And then Issa did some sexy shit. She looked that nigga dead in the eye and was like, I don't want the night to end yet. What if I just stayed? What if I just stayed? And then that nigga Lawrence said, uh, that nigga had the head scratch because it was like, damn, what if you stay? And that nigga say, um, I had a good time. I had a really good time tonight. And he said, I'm I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. And she said, you make me happy. And when she said that, you make me happy. (laughs) This I could bet. Nigga, when she said, you make me happy. And Frankie Beverly, that nigga, that nigga draws fell on the ground, nigga. Lawrence draws was on his ankle bone by that moment, nigga. I gotta admit that um, I wasn't expecting a a you. That was a def. That was a declaration. He said, "I had a good time. I'm happy. Like this is this moment. I'm happy right now. Like I." And she said, "No, you. Why owe you, nigga? It's no. I, you life don't make me happy, Lawrence. You do. And so she, outside of, outside of the plot, shit like that. Oh, that sounds that's <laughs> like that's some good shit though, right?" Fam, when Issa said that, so this is where it gets funky, right? So us talking about, is this a closure moment for Lawrence or trying to get back with her? For Lawrence, I do think, and I still think by the end of this episode, this was a closure moment. Issa saying and fucking verifying, you make me happy. That was one of the moments where I was like, this wasn't closure for Issa. This was a reopening. This was a dog. I need you to know. That before you go off and give your life to Condola, me and you need to work this shit out a little bit, dog. Like, we got some stuff we can figure out. It ain't over between me and you. And I think her specifying that he makes her happy was her way of starting that conversation, dog. And uh, after she said he made her happy, that nigga said, oh, shit, what if you stay? And stay she did. They went in there and got to boning. And it wasn't just a regular bone. She got on top. Yeah, that was that was on some. I don't want that kid. It was it wasn't love, but it was love. Nah, the way that, that nigga went down, he took the panties off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's different when you do the panties. They wasn't nigga. fucking. No, they weren't fucking. Now they could have been having sex. They was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but they wasn't fucking. Yeah. That was a. And when they had the moment where she was on top, then he sat up and it was the little like, yeah. now we like cradled together. That, everybody, yeah. everybody don't get that. No, no, no. You can't <laughs> sit up on a ride, nigga. Yeah, everybody, everybody don't get that. No, once they, once a nigga sit up when you riding him, nigga, and he kiss you and shit, and y'all like he, doing that. He just told you he loved you. Everybody breath stink, nigga. Your breath smell like dick, mine still like pussy, nigga. No, 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 no. Unless no. you Molly and Andrew. 
I mean, because <laughs> nice mouth. <laughs> Andrew got the ass mouth. Nigga. Uh, so they had their moment. Um, they wake up. Issa wearing her sweatshirt she bought at the art gallery. And uh, when they woke up, did you feel like it was awkward on the wake up? Like that first couple seconds. It, it it started off awkward. I thought it was going to be like, oh, my God, what did we just do? Yeah, I was shit. ready for Lawrence to turn over like, my bad, we got drunk last night. Like, I, I literally thought that was coming, but it didn't. It was, yo, man. I had a good time. Like this was cool. Now, do you the, want me to call you? A, a, do you want me to take you home? So like, the only reason I think it's kind of closure on both ends. Yeah. Cause she say San Francisco, and he like, yeah, man, you gonna miss me? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm not about to not go to. If I get a job in San Francisco, I'm not gonna not go because we fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And. And I almost kind of act when she did. She he literally asked me, like, "Are you good?" Yeah. And then she was like, "Are you good?" Yeah. And they both. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we good. I'm good." But what we know about both of them, if they wasn't good, they won't say it. And what made the night before unique? Old versions of them wouldn't say it. Old versions, of, but here's the thing, though: Are they new versions, or did they have enough for a night? Cause waking up first thing in the morning, you might be right back to old version of you. Like I had enough. Cause last no, night, different people last night, keeping it real was, was beneficial. And it got us to this sex and it got us through a whole great night. But we seen, we seen Lawrence change over these last three seasons man. and we seen Issa change. Like they different people. They are. But you also look at it too. Like one thing Issa said when they were first at the bar earlier in the episode was, "Shit, now I gotta figure out a way to make money." I did the block party, but I ain't. I still ain't got no bread. We just saw last week she ain't have a hundred thirty dollars to pay for her groceries and the groceries at a lady in in the uh, grocery store. And then with Lawrence, yo, you know what? They was at they was walking around the art thing because I uh-huh. remember because after she said that he was like, she said. Well, you be good because he's like, you got this. He said something like he yeah, kind of yeah. like lifted her yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? The whole little yeah. she looked back. I'm like, yeah. And it's 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 possible, but I also look at it too, like even on Lawrence end. Uh yeah, he walking around, he just he got the new fade, he confident as fuck about life. But then I'm also looking at him like, he got played by Condola. Like, that ain't go the way he thought it was going. He thought he was doing everything right and it still went left. And it should be the best time. Sometimes. sometimes it also reminds you of, damn, I remember that time it went left with my old thing, nigga. And they wake up in the morning was just it started out awkward and it kind of smoothed over. But I don't really know, like looking at like, both of them, how they feeling, dog? Because it is awkward as far as like, all right, we're not together no more. But if yeah. we was together, we'd be wake up on some smooshy shit. But like, yeah. do I go in for the smooshy shit? Was do she I doing stay? it? Do I leave? You know what I'm saying? Was, was this go? a one night thing? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I get that awkward. Little love them with. All right. But um, <laughs> then the nigga, uh, he was like, yo, man, well, can I at least take you home? And she was like, you know, no, nah, I'm good. I'll walk. Because apparently they stay close enough five minutes yeah. away um that they don't need to do that so she like no nah, i'm good and she was putting on her jeans as they were talking and i looked at that as like yeah she ready to get the fuck about it like they had their moment it was a beautiful moment but she's ready to go and he ain't necessarily ready to stop her nigga like because now he also has to figure because if he called condola while Issa was in the bathroom he's definitely calling condola when Issa leaves nigga like Yo, I'm so sorry about last night, man. I shit got fucked up. 
You know a nigga gonna get in this shit got fucked up, bag. Shit got crazy. No, man, something came up. I couldn't come through. Shit got crazy. He gonna hit her with a shit got crazy. And he not gonna keep it as open with her as he was keeping it open with Issa. But uh, Issa got out of there. She walked off. She took the longest walk on earth to the point that I was like, y'all ain't neighbors, nigga. I don't know how far you live. But. Think it took it as an opportunity to, hi- the, to showcase and highlight different spots in L.A. She does that well. Like you know Issa Rae, not Issa D on the show. But Issa Rae always highlights L.A. and Inglewood areas specifically. Like, did you think that because I had a, a very brief moment where I thought Condola was going to be at Lawrence's crib. Oh, when she was walking out the house? Yeah. I did, too. I really thought they were going to show, like, Condola walking up or Condola sitting in a car or something like I that. I did that. I did And did I was that. like, ooh, shit, it's going to get fiery. But it didn't happen. Um, and then we That saw, we know of. Yeah, that we know of. Because we saw the preview next week. The next week, it looks like Issa is talking to Molly now. Uh, same combo she had with Lawrence that he initiated. It looks like Issa initiates to Molly. This is also why I think it was closure. It's like the closure tour. Cause like, okay. Um, I had this wonderful, great session with Lawrence and well, maybe, and he, and all because he reached out Yeah, and that we wrapped that shit up because it, there was definitely some unresolved feelings between her and her best friend, ex best friend, whatever. And man, you need closure though. Yeah. People um, act like you don't. You may never get it, but you probably need it. Yeah. I I agree that the relationship that Issa and Molly had requires closure. Whether they become best friends or not, again, not as important as making sure that the two of them can walk away respectively. Um, because this is somebody who you had a really deep, intimate friendship with. Like, this was not... Some random, you know what I'm saying? Like this wasn't the the chicks at the sipping paint. This was your best friend, your sister, your person who you know you could lean on and depend on when you needed anything. This was that man. So making sure that if nothing else, if y'all don't have a friendship established again, you at least get the closure from it. It is important to make sure you know you keep your, I guess. You keep the good memories going forward, man. Like, you can walk away and be like, dog, that was really my dog. But shit happens. Especially in friendships, dog, shit happens, bro. Like, every, I'm not friends with anybody who I was friends with in high school or college. or yeah. Like, it, we're just not as close, nigga. And it's just like, you know, circumstantially, that shit happens, dog. You can't, you can't be mad at someone for not growing with you. Um, Everybody grows in their own direction. Everybody goes in their own direction. And... If somebody doesn't grow in the direction that you did, like, it's okay, man. It might be disappointing in the moment, but you can't be mad at it. And I'm hoping that Molly isn't mad at the direction Issa's going in. I feel like she will be um, based on her character, but I'm hoping that she's at least open. Like, obviously, she's open to the convo because she met up with her at the diner in the preview. But I'm hoping that during that con, because she was telling Andrew before she went to the diner, I don't really see the point. I don't want to go meet up with her. Andrew basically was like, "Bitch, if you if you don't go over there and uh, and meet her, because like I know I'm on your team, but you know this was your this was fucked up the thing that you did." That nigga said, "Take your motherfucking ass to that diner." Because here's another thing: Andrew probably sick of her shit too, dog. Like I can be the supportive boyfriend, I could be the honest boyfriend, but at a certain point, your relationship with this woman is starting to impact my relationship with you. I tell you what, if you can leave your best friend like that. At the drop of a dime, I don't trust you enough to invest all of my feelings for you, man. Without something, because Andrew ain't happening. been around since the beginning. Yeah, I've been around since. Oh, you get, you get rid of me. I've been sure. around since Nate. I've been around the last six months of this shit. 
I don't know if you if you love me and you all that. If that love is really strong enough to deal with, if you get rid of that motherfucker yeah. on the drop of a dime. Nah. Yeah, man. So I'm curious to see what the next two episodes bring. How long will it take for I feel for I for me to feel secure? Yeah. Where your day ones at? If and a I, nigga don't got no day ones, I, first of all, a lot of top, women don't. Don't trust anybody, male or female, with no day ones. Period. You better Period. move to a different state. Period. And you better still have a best friend somewhere in another yeah. another state. Yeah, you better be able to call your best friend, nigga. Facetime him or that. something. Who you know no, longer than ten years? Yeah, I used I dated a girl in high school. Who again? This tells you how long ago this was. This was oh one two thousand maybe. But we still, you know, friends on Facebook and all that shit. Like I don't keep up with her life. But one thing I know about her, she don't have no friends from high school through college. None of the people she had been friends with through like various points of her life are still somebody she considers a friend. And in my mind, I literally said, dog, like, yo, she never realized she was the problem. Nope. She was the because you ain't got one day one. You don't have one person who can depend on you, who you can depend on, who trusts you and vice versa. And if you don't have that, I can't fuck with you. I can never be with you. Like she had a baby and, and left uh, her and her baby dad broke up and it wasn't no surprise to me. So I'm like, fam, look at how you be treating the people you were supposed to be friends with. They all live in their life and all of them still hang. They still tag one another in the throwback Thursday. But when you in one of them throwback Thursdays, you don't catch the tag. Why? Because you got them blocked. Why? Because you, you was fucking problematic, dog. And right now, Molly is about to have her final opportunity to show that she's not problematic. You better apologize, girl. When they and here's the thing, when they both get to that fucking diner, I'm 100 percent sure Issa's apologizing. Issa's coming. Issa initiated this shit. You don't initiate it if you're not looking to at least accept your fucking part of this. Molly, on the other hand, was resistant to go. She was arguing with Andrew about if she should even go or not. I don't think she's coming in the most fucking open, dog. So we're gonna see. But we got two episodes left, bro. What's the last one gonna be about? That finale. I feel like we're going to, because next week I'm already willing to bank most of it will be about Issa and Molly meeting up. I'm kind of irritated now, though. Why are you irritated? Um, Because we got we know what next week's episode is going to be. Issa Molly. So we're definitely not going to get into Tiffany shit. Nope. We Are we going to find out what happened to Lawrence and Condola? We got to figure out the Lawrence. Yo, and I wrote in the group today, I said, or maybe I thought to write it, I don't Or remember. Lawrence, because I don't, like, we've been, Condola wasn't but in three episodes, tops. And only one with actual speaking role. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she don't have, though her 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 role was quote-unquote important, like, she's not really a staple. She ain't like, a I don't, staple. I, I don't care about her. I'm not, I don't got no attachment to her. Like, she can not come back next season. But, like, we are clearly invested in, yeah, yeah, in Lawrence, yeah. so we want to know how that wraps up. She's definitely not a staple, but I look at it like, mm, she was built up as more of a character than, let's say, TSA dude. TSA dude was kind of like the comedic relief. He had a few scenes. Yeah. It was in and out. And then when Issa told Molly, yeah, I stopped fucking with that nigga. He got mad kids. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, if we never saw TSA dude again, even before he had this funny ass uh, cameo, I was okay. With Condola, y'all actually started developing her and Lawrence's relationship. We had a whole night during the Friendsgiving at her house. Like y'all put us in her crib. If she not back next season, that's one thing. But if y'all don't wrap it up, you can't just wrap her up with him avoiding going to meet up with her. 
Like, no, nah, I need to know what that meeting. Why was she so anxious to talk to this nigga, dog? If she wasn't pregnant, that's fine. I ain't tripping off that. But what was it that had her like, yo, nigga, I really need to see you. I can't even wait till Tuesday. I just want to know, man. So we got two episodes. We know what next week is about. The finale. It's also late as hell. It's late as fuck. Like, why you want to call more? Like, it, it can't be business this, this late. It has yeah. to be. This was personal. This was me and you. It's also late as hell in the season. This is where, no, I didn't have a problem with the fucking Issa throwaway episode. I didn't have a problem with the Molly throwaway episode. But this is where I look at those two episodes and say, yeah, they were actually more entertaining than I anticipated. They were kind of needed, though. Were they though? Yeah, they were. Were they though? When you talking about developing people's characters and, and, and flushing that shit out, like you like th- that shit needs to flush out. You could have gave me Issa spending a day by herself and Molly going on vacation with Andrew in one episode. No, you so. could have did that. In thirty minutes? In yeah. twenty six minutes? Fam, they've done more in thirty minutes. But you got to get the full thing. Because if all you showed me was that Issa was lonely and Molly could be kind of bitchy and defensive, we already knew that. But no, I didn't gotta, get nothing from but the you episodes. Gotta, you got to show Molly um, her attempt, her being normal, um, adversity happening, trying to overcome that adversity on some mental health. Like, there's a lot. That's a, that's a lot to go. You they, know what I'm saying? They've done more. I feel like they've tackled more in 30 minutes. But again, when I look at 10 episodes, granted, the longest season we've gotten through four, when I look at 10 joints, if you spent two focused individually on two different storylines and then now we get the Issa Lawrence, which was great and it was done phenomenally. But then next week we get to Issa Molly. Nigga, then it looked like, yo, we don't get everything back till the finale. That's three or four straight episodes. That's like about individual storylines on a show. That's about an ensemble. It just gets lost. The ensemble never. So we want it to be about this ensemble, but it's not. They don't never flesh out the additional characters. And I've, I've come to realize they just not, probably. I've I've accepted that they won't develop Kelly. And, th- and they that, won't develop Tiffany. And that they probably put there to have us talking and yeah. have conversations about it. Spark a conversation without ever having to delve into to the action. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because... Yeah. Unless they gonna do that shit all next season, yeah, and like the timeline and whether the the kid is who, like, I'm I, I'll I'll say this before we go. I'm over the Tiffany storyline, like not the storyline as in seeing her and Derek and the baby. That's fine. I don't care if she cheated on a nigga no more. Y'all had a window to really explore that and you didn't. The PTS or I'm sorry, the postpartum depression. Um. Clearly, she's experiencing that. I've even seen Amanda Seals on her thing say that directly on her Instagram. Yeah, Tiffany's experiencing postpartum. But if y'all ain't going to develop it, like, I'm kind of over y'all talking about it. Like, or hinting at it. You don't have to hint at Tiffany don't really like her baby if you're never really going to dive into her being um, a victim of postpartum depression. So, all that said, this episode was phenomenal. Whether the next two or not phenomenal, I don't know, <laughs> nigga. Um, but this I can't one see was them great. fumbling the bag on the last two. I don't think so. And Insecure has been very consistent with their finales. Their finales have always been like jaw dropper, leave you kind of wondering what the fuck's next. But I'll tell you what, though, man. I was proud of Issa D and Issa in general 
from how the show because like so we looking at Issa's character and how she's progressed yeah but Issa herself has progressed so much in these last four seasons facts um she she looks like a different person from season one yo she looks talks the acting is better the acting is better but let's be real fucking clear Issa Rae fine as hell Issa Rae somebody said it on the uh on the group chat shout out to the homie Brenda um, she said, "Who the fuck is doing her makeup? Her shit flawless every week. They got her skin. However, y'all blending her makeup, and I don't know. I'm a dude. I don't know nothing about all that shit. But whatever the fuck they doing to make this nigga Issa this brown dog, it's amazing. She look, she Louis Bag Brown, nigga. Man, she uh, she right Twix her, Brown, nigga. Her her thing, man. So I, I I'm enjoying. This is by far my favorite season. Uh oh, this I've I've said it." Favorite season. So let me ref- let me. How do I how do I want to put this right? It's my favorite season because I'm entertained by each episode. Yeah, the plot is moving forward. Is shot great and the acting is great. Yeah, does everything happen on the show that I want to happen? No, no. But I'm not writing the show. But I am still entertained. Um, it's been a really good season, and um, this is one of them shows that you write, man. It's gonna have to get talked about yeah um through we're almost through the end of season four and even the quote worst season every every show ever even classics has a worse season niggas can't pretend the wire season two doesn't exist no matter how much it might have tied into the overall fucking story arc it was still like a standout mm, that was like starkly different because it didn't, the no, it didn't have a lot of gangster and nigga shit in it, and and that was the and shit we, got we were introduced to. Us got we got introduced to the Barksdales. It ain't have enough Barksdales. It wasn't enough Barksdale in it. And uh, with with Insecure season three was the quote worst one, but it wasn't bad. Even on our rewatch when we did the recap of season three before four started, we was like, damn nigga. Upon further fucking research, that season wasn't that bad, but it did start out slow especially from how fucking season two ended and how like climactic it was. It felt like it started off anticlimactic, but nigga insecure is a classic and we got to start talking about it. Yeah. It's the perfect millennial show. It's the perfect mid to young thirties show. Like it is capturing shit that we have all dealt with. Shit. Even, even, even 30 to 40 cause or whatever, whatever, because like, you was just 30 a little while ago. Nick, you I was literally 30, just got off, I was 30 off of this shit. Five and a half months, five and a half years ago. Like, I was 30 years old. And now. When you were in your 40s, at, you be like, nigga, those 30s. This is man, some shit I used to go man, through. Man, no, nah, Insecure is. But to your point about season four specifically, man, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm ready to quite say that it's my favorite season. Because I do think seasons one and two were like really strong especially re-watching them and seeing how they've tied into all the other seasons but season four has been done damn near flawlessly i like this shit man. every single episode of this season has been like you said they've improved on direction they've improved on cinematography they've improved on the script acting the acting everyone has gotten better and what's so funny four seasons in even though there's a lot of laughs uh, per laughs uh, in this episode, right? That per laugh, <laughs> uh, nigga. It's a lot of per laughs. That's our here. ranking. Um, but 
it don't seem as like a joke as the other seasons. Yeah. It seems a lot more serious. The the humor isn't slapstick. The humor is smart. The humor a little is slapstick. It, it's on the floor. it's the fall on the floor <laughs> is slapstick, right? Yeah. But the moments that you laughed for literally the remainder of the episode were not slapstick. Fam, TSA, that wasn't a slapstick moment to me. That was like a genuine dog. Have you ever run into an ex and them niggas were mad inappropriate with the shit they were saying when you ran into them? Or just mad, um, you can't read the room. Yeah. Uh, or culturally unaware, like, man, we're not really supposed to say this type yeah. of shit in public to Dog, people on a date. We was at the fucking uh, Watch the Throne concert, and my man ran into his ex and literally was clowning her. She was with her current nigga. And that nigga was clowning with his line of question. That nigga was like, man, how, how's everything going? How's you and your dude? Y'all doing all right? Oh, man, y'all taking care of Bill? Like, he was on that level because he was like, he knew he made more and was doing better at the time in life than the nigga she was current. And that nigga was going in. And it was like. Ah, shoot this bitch up. And look, this is where it was like, yo, this ain't funny. But Issa figured out a way to take a moment that could be painfully awkward and find humor in it dog so well Issa and natasha rothwell because kelly wrote it but it's just this season has been done really fucking well it's been written well it's been nurtured too dog and to the point that we made earlier that year and a half off as upset as we were about it as upset as fans were about it right now they proven us wrong they proven that they no, needed that time to let that shit develop it's dog. not that they proven us wrong they came back correct. They did what they needed to do. What we said is, if y'all didn't come in for this if long. If y'all been going, this, it better come back y'all perfect. Y'all better come back yeah. with some amazing shit. And them niggas have come back with some amazing shit. They have tackled damn near everything we wanted them to tackle. Nigga, I didn't anticipate getting an Issa Lawrence reunion ever. Not not before, like, the final season. Like, I didn't. I thought they were going to stretch out his relationships, her relationships. Oh, real quick. Um, So they reconnected. They had sex. They had this amazing night. Where do you think that leaves Nate? We'll find out. We are. De- I because, hope. Because I hope. Because we'll Nate was out. starting to reestablish himself, or at least he thought he was as friends. We don't know because Nate said. I mean, Andrew said they would just been hanging out. Yeah, and but we also know that Nate, because he ghosted her, even though it was because of his whatever Nate mental health issues. She told no. Lawrence, you make me happy. Yeah. You that's make a, me happy. That's a bold statement, dog. Bow, bow, bow. This week, if, because here's the thing. I think she may start spinning Nate the same way Lawrence was starting to spin same person. Condola. Same person. Same, they the same. They got the same thing. There's nothing wrong with them inherently. Condola has her divorce. Nate has his mental health issues. We never got into what his issues were, so we don't know enough to like. I mean, like, them. can they not? They not in relationships with these other people. They have some sort of connection. Like they yeah. both in the same state. Damn. Nate and Condola could have been the perfect next move for Issa and Lawrence, respectively. But shout out to Nate. It didn't pan out. Front lines. It okay. yo, real quick, man. Shout out to Nate. Um, Just a quick shout out. That nigga's name is Kendrick. Hold on, man. Let me look that up. I want to get his last name right. It's Kendrick Sampson, I believe. Shout out to Dog. He not only was literally on the front line standing in front of the police during all these protests and all that shit, 
My nigga took mad rubber bullets to the body, nigga. To the face, the arms, the shoulder, the leg. That light-skinned nigga was red as shit in every picture that he posted, dog. Kendrick Sampson, I had that correct. Shout out to boy, man. Um, He really was out here. And what's funny, he been out here, so I was introduced to him before he was Nate. He was one of the Hapstall siblings on How to Get Away with Murder. That's where I became familiar with him. He been on that front line shit since then, nigga. He not new to this shit. He would post a pic. I guess he used to be a model. He would post a model pic, and then the caption would literally be, now that I have your attention, racism in America is motherfucker. And I used to read shit like that, like, damn, dog, really be in his bag. He not fronting, nigga. He really with the shits. He really was on the front line over this weekend, and I don't anticipate that getting shot by a bunch of rubber bullets is going to push him away from the front line. My nigga seemed like he very much into it. Shout out to Kendrick Sampson real quick, man. Uh, final thoughts on the episode, bro. Excellent, man. Excellent. Excellent. Ready visuals. to see next week. The visuals was crazy. The script was crazy. Shout out to Natasha Rothwell. You wrote your ass off. Also, uh, that picture that y'all all posted on the in the thread, um, I got a better version of that picture. So that was what I didn't say. Cause I, cause my shit looked better than y'all. The fucking, <laughs> cause Jay texted me at literally like ten thirty two last night and said, "Nigga, look at this picture." He was like, "This episode was filmed beautifully. Like, look at what I captured right off my TV." And I was like, "That's." I literally responded and said, "That's clearly the artwork." What was so? What's so double about it is because one side is red and the other side is is black and white and they both swap. Like, come on, man. And everybody else who's posted that picture, you can't even see they like they're black. They're to the point where they so dark you can't see them. Yeah. But you caught the perfect lighting because that's what we do up here at This Week in Culture. So y'all will see the artwork soon. Uh, We'll have that for y'all in the morning. In the meantime, man. I'm Antwood. That's Jay Johnson. Go follow us at This Week in Culture on all platforms. On Twitter, week is just WK. Don't spell it all the way out. But even if you do, you can still find us, nigga. Join in on the conversation on Facebook. Send us all your fucking BlackBerry letters and voice notes to thisweekinculturepod at gmail.com. I'm Antwood. That's Jay Johnson. This Week in Culture, episode 101. We out.